I'm Mike Murphy. He's Fred Hubner. Nine till noon. Boy, I heard enough music the last couple of days. Yeah. I was down in Nashville for since Monday. Oh. I just got back last night. Let me just ask. It's the coolest downtown, that like three-block, four-block yeah, strip. on Broadway. Oh, it's yeah, unbelievable. The, you know the one thing you realize, though? People no. always say, well, wouldn't it be great if Chicago had an arena downtown mm-hmm. when you try to drive through Nashville when the Predators are playing? Ooh. The answer is no. It would not be great because in <laughs> Nashville, at least you could go yeah. around to another area. Here in Chicago, there's no place to go around. There's a lake here. You're not talking hillbilly right now. You didn't uh, weren't there no. long enough to have it wear off no. on you? No. And it's right. funny, only half the people sounded that way. <laughs> So it was well, everybody else was uh, had just moved transplants, there. right? Everybody else were transplants. Very You're cool right. town. I was there for the uh, MLB uh, winter meetings, as they call them, and that's not close either. It was at the Gaylord, right? When yeah. you were there, yeah, yeah it's that, the ways out of town, yeah, ways, right? Yeah, they moved the Grand Old Opry yeah. way out there. Figure that one out, and uh, it was right in the heart of everything. Instead, they move it. But it was like early December, you know, the uh, baseball winter meetings. And it was like 65, 70 degrees. Yeah. It's beautiful. And uh, during the day, that time of year, there's not much midweek. Is it like a Thursday, right. Friday? Or, or no, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I think, is the winter meetings. Whatever. You got a mall right there, though. There's a mall right next to it. Yeah, now. we stayed across the street at like the best seven, seven dollars a it. night. I saw yeah. it. Yeah. And the uh, Grey Lord was like 500 a night because uh-huh. MLB had booked a thousand rooms. Oh, it's yeah. crazy. Right. Yeah. But that uh, cool, cool downtown. Yeah. yeah, Nashville's fun. So, right. yeah, so I heard a lot of music. So, I'll, I'll be hearing music in my head for a couple of days. Hey, Eric, pull up the Nashville Cats, C-A-T-S, a little bit later for Fred, okay? All right, here's what we have today. Busy day, lots to do. Let's get rolling right now. Uh, oh, Jesse Rogers at 10 and at 11 o'clock on the uh, Bears uh, beat with the draft. We're going to our lads, the number one college uh, scouting uh, outfit. And we'll talk to our buddy Dan Shanka and uh, action we'll get to in a minute here. Cleveland Browns busy yesterday. How may that or may that not affect the Bears? Browns with the first and fourth pick. But first, let's go to the Murph and Fred Fan Focus Group Twitter poll. For this half hour, vote now at, you know where to vote, at ESPN 1000. Uh, here's the question. A little, little tricky. Might have to put your thinking cap on here a little early for that. Nah, we're the smartest listeners in town. All right. Major League Baseball has a rule that says no trading of your draft picks. Uh-huh. Basically, Ever. There's one or two little loopholes. If you draft a guy, you can you have to wait a year before you can trade him. So in other words, the Cubs could have traded uh, you know Chris Bryant one year later. You have to hold him for a year. Sometimes you pre-orchestrate the deal. But the, the, the bottom line, ninety nine point nine, MLB has a rule: no trading draft picks. Do you ever think about this? Well, uh, why do they do that? I don't. You know, I don't know. Uh-huh. But we can talk about it a little bit later. Now, here's how you can vote: A, B, C, or D. Major League Baseball says you cannot trade a draft pick. A, that's a great rule. All the leagues should copy that. B, it's a stupid rule. Are you kidding me? It's a stupid rule. Uh, trading the picks, uh, you know, that is good for the sport. C and D, say, well, you know what? Maybe uh, just allow the picks to be traded no more than one year out, okay. you know, right. like sometimes NFL, they'll trade a pick that's three years away, or the NBA, uh, we could talk later, Fred, uh, about the uh, 
Bulls might be involved with the Brooklyn late in the year. Late in the season. Fighting back and forth for the seventh or eighth slot. Or yeah, but Brooklyn doesn't need that pick. It's not theirs. Not theirs. Uh-huh. In fact, it was traded about four or five years ago. Yeah. First from Boston. Eric, what was that trade again you looked up again uh, when uh, uh, originally Brooklyn made the trade with Boston? Boston was dumping the salaries of Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett. Right. And then the Nets traded that pick. Or, I'm sorry, and then the Celtics traded that pick to the Cavs for Kyrie Irving over the summer. Just recently. Yeah. Yes. So that trade's year. been moved, uh, 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 draft picks rather has been moved a couple times. There's the old story, Fred, for all you youngsters out there, how the Washington Redskins used to really exploit the draft uh, back in, what, the 70s or the 80s. Check this out. They knew that there was no record-keeping at the league office. So you know this one, Fred, right? Yeah, they'd always trade like four or five years down the road and people wouldn't even remember. Right. They once traded the same pick twice. They traded like a four-year-away fourth-rounder or threw it in a deal. Right. And then the next year, they traded the same year's fourth rounder again, and the league didn't figure that out until the pick came up four years later. And two good teams, deal. Two teams say, no, I'm on the clock. No, we're on the clock. Yeah, good deal if you can get away with it. <laughs> yeah. Or you might want to say, uh, D, how about this one? And I just thought of this. Okay. How about only allowing draft picks to be traded on draft day itself? Draft, right. day is, draft day is long enough as it is, but yeah, that's <laughs> well, okay. It'd still be on the 10-minute or 5-minute clock or 15 or Think whatever. Think about it. The NBA draft last year, I don't uh-huh. know how many people watched the NBA draft last year, mm-hmm. but with the Bulls having a pick in, you know, 7th, probably most people did, there was nothing more frustrating than saying none of the trades could be announced officially till the first round was over. Hmm. So that's people, oh, yeah. yeah. So people would make all the, they go, well, he's putting this hat on, but he's never going to play for that team because that pick has already been traded. The Larry Markin. Yeah, exactly. How stupid is that? <laughs> if you're going to have a trade yeah. on draft day, make it, announce it as it's going on and right. go on up there and say, well, the Bulls have traded their pick or the Bulls <laughs> have acquired this pick. Don't make them wait till the first round's over. How stupid was that? So vote right now for the uh, Twitter poll, which is uh, MLB has rules that say we don't trade draft picks ever. A, you know what? That's a good rule. All leagues should copy that. B, Stupid rule, dumb rule, picks are good, trading picks is better, stupid rule. Uh, C, well, you know what, maybe just allow uh, MLB or any sport, your favorite, uh, any league, just allow the picks to be traded no more than one year out. I'd have to go far with my response. I know what my response is. Oh, letter E? No. Uh, D is uh, only allow picks to be traded on draft day. Semicolon. Yeah. As long as it doesn't uh, prolong or elongate the day itself. I actually, I tell you, when I went for my, uh, when I went for my, um, my uh, colonoscopy the first time, I was seven years late, and uh, the, the guy said everything's mm-hmm. fine except you may be a little bruised. I go, why is that? Mm-hmm. He goes, because you actually have a really long colon. As opposed to a semicolon. Well, so is I, that what you're yeah, so say? I so I basically said so basically when I'm full of it, I'm really full of it, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Good morning, everyone. All right. Uh, Comedy on the air is very dangerous, as you used to say yourself. Well, yeah, it's not easy to be funny. I just got done listening to Steve Dahl for four hours yesterday, so I got, you know, so that that rubbed off on me a little bit. Yeah. He had everybody. He had Mitch Michaels on. Yeah, he had them all. I know. Sky Daniels. Patty Hayes. Yeah. Yeah, still in this... Cigarette smoke voice. It was great. But yeah, but yeah, but he, they all stopped drinking. Shows you how much they were drinking back in the day. Are you kidding? 
They've all stopped drinking. Dow for 23 years, Sky Daniels for seven or eight years. People that weren't there yeah. have no idea No, what the uh, radio was like in the, uh, the late 70s and through the 80s. Every story you heard, uh, double it. Yeah. Yeah. Because I knew the stories of, weren't I knew a lot of radio people then, even though I wasn't myself, uh-huh. which was a very pleasant time of my life. <laughs> but no. Talk about partying. Yes. And the sales staffs. Uh-huh. Oh. Yeah, he's the only guy that wasn't on yesterday. I thought Spaceball. I thought Jeff Schwartz would have been on We talked about him. Yeah, yeah, a couple times. They did the, they all did the impression. Anyway, <laughs> no one knows what we're talking about, it. but you Oh, they me. all do. They all do. They okay. all know that he was behind Disco Demolition and everything else. So, plus, all, he worked here, too. He worked at every station in town. All's the best. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's get rolling. So, the Cleveland Browns have the first and fourth pick. We're going to have Dan Shanka. yesterday. Dan Shanka on at 11. Uh-huh. Do not miss it. Uh, draft uh, expert. So, Fred, help me out here. Uh, and, and it keeps changing. The fifth quarterback was originally, and uh, his name's Mayfield, uh, the fifth Baker of the Mayfield. first five. Yep. And, in, you know, two months ago, some uh, mocks, as they say, were almost saying uh, the first five, six uh, picks could all be quarterbacks. Uh-huh. Mayfield's dropped like a rock, if you would call it, down to like the middle now, the 15th, 16th, in some mocks. But what was looking good at one time was, well, the Bears sit number eight, and we talked about this months ago, I, th- I think, before yeah. I heard it, uh, was, well, wait a minute, this is great. The Bears obviously aren't going to take a, a quarterback, if, certainly right. not early. Not in the first round. Early, yeah. Uh-huh. So uh, if five QBs are on the board and gone, by the time that means the Bears, uh, in effect, de facto... Get the third pick of, yeah. uh, that they want. Third best non-quarterback in right. the draft they would get. So. so Mayfield has dropped quite a bit now. Uh, but the other four, and we know who they are, uh, they're still being looked at in maybe the top four, five, top seven picks, you know, which still is pretty good for the Bears. But then I hear this morning that uh, the Cleveland Browns, among picking up uh, uh, the wide receiver Landry is his name. Yeah, uh, Jarvis Landry. They got him for a four and a seven. Uh-huh. That don't sound bad. No, not Why at all. Why didn't the Bears do that? Because he wants more. He wants a lot of money for a few. You want to get him deal. for more than just the one year. Yeah, but a four and a seven. Yeah, eh, whatever. But, Cleveland's got money, but they get a quarterback from Buffalo, right? So they, yeah, and they, they didn't they have quarterback to use Tyrod Taylor, and they didn't. They never did, and they made a third trade with what Green Bay or something. they made a trade. They trade sent uh, Deshaun Kaiser, their quarterback last right. year, to the Packers for okay. a cornerback. Okay, mm-hmm. but they have not yet. Used or spent the first and fourth pick this year. They're but, not. Well, they're not that dumb. Well, no, but I mean they still have them. <laughs> yeah, they they are that dumb. But yeah, they so, haven't done that yet. Is this good or bad for the Bears? Question being, is that another quarterback not to go? Uh, you know, to Cleveland, the first or fourth, which then means there's an extra quarterback still clogging up the works of uh, in front of the Bears. Or do you think? I guess this is the nebulous question, but do you think? Cleveland will still take a quarterback first or fourth, or this guy's really retooling. I don't think he's going to take a QB. Yeah, now. I don't. I don't think so either. I think there's enough free agent quarterbacks out there that may, they may grab them. Uh-huh. Uh, AJ McCarron's out there, a guy that they had a whole they had a deal uh-huh. made with, and then the paperwork wasn't sent in. Blackhawk fans can relate to that. Uh, paperwork wasn't sent in in time, and AJ McCarron stayed in Cincinnati. Now AJ McCarron is a free agent, so there's a chance maybe he goes there. Tyrod Taylor's there also. Uh, or they could use Tyrod Taylor as a bridge quarterback. We don't know. We'll but, find out. See what Jan- Dan Shanka thinks later on today. But let's not bury the lead. How does this affect the Bears sitting number eight? That Cleveland now 
probably or who knows may not pick a quarterback. They could trade down with number one or number four to a team that wants a quarterback. Right. And uh, or here's where I think it gets interesting for the Bears. Now with that extra quarterback still on the board, maybe when it gets down to the Bears, the top four guys may not even be gone yet. May not by number eight. They may be gone, but if they're not, here's where a team could call up uh, Pace and say, hey, we want your eight pick. You know, they want that quarterback. Now, the Bears could trade down and accumulate. I wouldn't go much. I wouldn't go too far down. I wouldn't go farther down than 11 or 12. Then you'd still know you got one of those four guys on your board that you want. And we'll enumerate them later. Uh, So does the Browns... Acquiring a quarterback affect the Bears to the positive, the negative, or, or doesn't really affect them at all. I think it's good because someone now is going to be, my just guess, more apt, not a sponsor on this show, no. but we love them, uh-huh. to actually uh, call the Bears and say, we need that eight slot after all. That fourth quarterback has dropped and we want him. And then you're in the driver's seat. You pick up uh, a higher, uh, a one, just maybe, you know, a 11th or 12th pick, and then a two or a three or whatever. I don't know, but you're going to get something good. Yeah, see, there's so much speculation when it comes around the draft, and, and you know, I don't think those, the four or five quarterbacks are going to go before the Bears pick. I don't think there's going to be five quarterbacks no, taken to the first seven. But four of them. Everyone is picking four of them gone. You know, you know how many times everyone's wrong. I know. I know. It, it, it could happen a lot. I These mean, are the experts, Fred. Yeah, yeah, that's what they always say. Ah. Uh, first of all, taking a quarterback that high usually is always a huge mistake. Anyway, they they rarely you have ever Trubisky pan out. was a bad pick. We don't know yet. You just said it. I said usually. Okay, you yeah. did. Let the record yeah. show. He said usually. Usually the drafting those picks, uh-huh. those quarterbacks are very, very high is not a good thing. Mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers went 21st. So I mean, there are much many other things to be uh, taken care of. But we'll see. I mean, if in fact that happens, maybe the Bears can get their guy. But we don't know who the Bears guy is. We don't know if the Bears guy is Quentin Nelson. Everybody tells us no. Now people say yes. We don't know who the Bears guy is. Is it one of the defensive backs? Maybe this um, this this uh, this cornerback or the safety from Alabama um, will be available. If he's available, maybe the Bears jump at that guy. So you never know. We'll catch up with uh, Dan Shonk at 11 o'clock. But let me tie a little ribbon on what you were just zeroing in on, Fred. If the four quarterbacks go in the uh-huh. top seven, here's who the Bears can uh, will have to choose from. They'll certainly get... One of these five. In other words, the numbers game, right? If four quarterbacks go, three other teams will pick, and here's four or five guys that the Bears could look at. One of these will be available. Uh, Fitzpatrick. That's the guy talking about, Minka Fitzpatrick. From Alabama. Right. Tremaine Edmonds, a linebacker from Vatek. Uh-huh. Quint- outside guy. Outside Quentin Nelson, guy. the guard we all know about. Yep. Denzel Ward, another corner from Ohio State that's supposed to go into maybe top ten. I'm sorry, it's the Ohio State. That's right. Or, God forbid, but still on the board, is Calvin Ridley, the wide receiver that, uh, you know, two months ago, every lazy mock guy out there said, oh, he's going to the Bears because they need a wide receiver. Everyone's finally dummying up this guy. But the point is, they're going to get somebody rich. 
Yeah, well, you can always uh, hope... Out of four. Yeah, you can always hope that someone makes a mistake and uh, Bradley Chubb is still there in defensive line. That ain't going to happen. Yeah, well, you know what? Stranger things have well, happened. that would be the strangest. Film. Well, yeah. Maybe. I mean, and Roquan Smith, the linebacker right. out of Georgia, is a mm-hmm. heck of a player. So. All right, we'll get back on that beat at 11. Next. Something weird happened in the Bulls with the Bulls last night. You could just stop right there. I know. This whole season. You could just say something weird happened with the Bulls. Now, you know my famous expression from about 25 years ago? I watched it so you didn't have to, yes, everybody. and thank goodness you did. Yeah, I hear that more and more. Yeah, Remember I, I was trying to think of some phrases uh-huh. last week? Anyway, who cares? Yeah, I turned it on in the third quarter after my trip from uh, Nashville. They were down 15 and went upstairs to drop the suitcase, and it was uh-huh. down 20. All right. Well, listen to what happened to me last night. So I watch, I, okay, I record the Bulls, 7 p.m. on uh-huh. the DVR, right? Uh, good old Channel 9 had it. So they do what they, you know, that sort of opening thing before Neil Funk and uh, Stacey King even are on. Right. They come on about 7.02 or whatever. Uh-huh. Right at 7 o'clock, I'm watching live, and uh, here's what occurs. I'm Fred Hoiberg, head coach of the Chicago Bulls, and here's my starting lineup for tonight's game. Chris Dunn, point guard, Providence College. Zach Levine, shooting guard, UCLA. Justin Holiday, shooting guard, University of Washington. Lowry Markkinen, power forward from University of Arizona. Right, Bobby Portis, power forward, University of Arkansas. All right, stop the tape. All right. At that point, I turned the TV off. Okay. Because even I finally decided, I watch it so you don't have to, was out the door. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I'm thinking, okay, I, I write this down, take a few notes on that, and then I feel, well, I'll revisit this a little later, okay? So I come back about the middle of the sec- second, I almost said second inning. I come back about the middle of the second quarter. And, uh, and the less than three weeks, though, baseball. Right. So thank, the thank first goodness. quarter, so I look at, you know, I actually went on my phone, looked uh-huh. up what's going on. I see the Bulls led at the end of the first quarter, 26-21. I come in in the middle of the second quarter, and it's like almost tied. You'd be better than some of the guys they have coming in at the second quarter. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even have time to take my sweats off. <laughs> Put me in, coach. I'm ready to play. Uh-huh. All right. So... I turn on, and uh, all right, back and forth, old-fashioned taffy pull, if anybody even knows what that is. Google it up! I don't have time for everything. Nobody eats taffy nowadays. It's far too unhealthy for you. Pulls your silver fillings out of your face, which they don't allow anymore. Even gum does that. I've stopped eating chewing gum. So, all right, I had the starting lineup. I saw the introductions. We just played them for you. And uh, so I'm looking at my phone. Now, Lopez is not in the game. He didn't start according to what I saw. It's the middle of the second quarter. I look at my phone, and I'm looking at the uh, box score. Again, middle of the second quarter. Right. Lopez has 12 points. I He's go, tough to do from the bench, right? I go, wait a minute. He's not in now. He didn't start. Yeah. How could he have 12 points? Little did you know. I didn't. Yeah. So they didn't. They changed the starting lineup. Who is they? I don't know. We'll talk about that maybe in a minute, Fred. But we all know what happened this week yep. with the commissioner and they had a super secret meeting sometime after the around the all-star break with Paxson and all that. And they're working out, well, is the guy resting or is he, you know, uh, tanking or you got him on the bench because you're looking for the future, all that double talk, right? So, evidently, 
someone, better not to be Paxson, got on the phone and called down. He says, hey, wait a minute. I don't think Pax flew to Detroit. Maybe uh, he did. Who knows? So, what? Pax is home. He's having a beverage. And he and he's seeing what I just played back, the starting lineup for your uh, Chicago Bulls. But then he, someone has to call down and says to uh, Coach Hoiberg, hey, hey, you can't do that. We made a deal with the commissioner. So since I wasn't watching, uh, Eric Gostrowski, Eric Polis, after the uh, introductions, I'm so-and-so from the such-and-such, and, and, and then the uh, commercial. So he, I said, let's hear what uh, Neil and Stacy had to say. And we will probably see a lot of different uh, lineups here tonight by the Bulls as uh, Robin is back active. You got Justin back active. Uh, not that they were inactive, but they just really weren't uniform. And uh, they're both back, so we'll see uh, how this plays out. All right, stop the tape. EO 11, you just watched it. Then did. Uh, uh, Neil Funk and Stacy King did they say, well, in a lat like baseball, oh, last minute football, last minute change in the starting lineup, it'll be Lopez instead of Portis. This just in. Last, did they say anything? They did not acknowledge at all that Portis was announced as starting. They no. just went right after that. They go, and Lopez goes up for the tip. They yeah. go right into it. Well, if I'm Neil Neil, or say, I don't say nothing either. You know, I don't want to get in the middle between the commissioner and Paxson and Reinsdorf and the six hundred thousand. I'm not saying boo, which is what they said, and that's what I would have done too, Fred. I wouldn't have said anything. Well, see, I would have said something. That's why I wouldn't have had that job very long. <laughs> yeah, because the whole the whole thing is ridiculous for a commissioner to be coming out and Stan Van Gundy had comments about that after the game, and yeah, the, right. the whole thing's gotten. Why crazy. the last minute change? Am I looking? too deeply into this. Maybe it's just a mistake, as he used to say, down in the truck. Arnie Harris, down in the truck. You do know something. They got some of those younger people running the stuff, and maybe they just took for granted, well, Bobby Portis is going to start. Let's throw him in there. So some jamoke just pulled that out of the file, the video, and said, put Portis in. I bet he's starting. I don't know. No, they told him that. We all know about what happened here in our friends at ABC7 when someone just grabbed a graphic, and it was was, uh, Mark G. and Greco's uh, graphic. Yeah, things happen sometimes when those graphics, they get the wrong one did you put well, in? There was a famous uh, theater person, Cubby Broccoli. Remember uh-huh. that? About 10 years ago, passed away. They put up a stalk of broccoli on the screen. Oh, my God. I, yeah. I didn't remember. Oh, yeah. I didn't remember that Pull one. Pull up Cubby Broccoli there, would you? Uh, uh, EO 11. I thought you were going to say they put up the Cubs logo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that could be wor- that remember, would work just as well. Remember when Jim Greco used to Stanley Cup? Yeah. And uh, he'd have a picture of uh, Stanley Stan Mc- Makita and her cups in it. Uh-huh. Who? The Stanley Cup. Google it up. I don't have time to teach you who Cup was. Everybody should know who Cup was. <laughs> Just walk down the street. His his statue is still over on the street, if I'm not mistaken, on Wacker. That's great. Yeah. Did he have the umbrella, or is that in front of the Four Seasons? That's I like the Four that Seasons. Doorman. Yeah. Okay. And then you can go see Jack Brickhouse over by the Tribune building. It was raining once. I, I stood under the uh, 
statue's umbrella. You knew an umbrella had to come then, in handy for one reason. Yeah, the real Dharma said, move along, move along. I wasn't dressed uh, properly to stand in front of the Four Seasons. All right, uh, Jesse Rogers at 10. Back in the Bears beat, Dan Shanka, our lads, college scouting guys at 11. Hey, and Eloy Jimenez might get some at-bats tomorrow. Yes, he will. Cubs Finally, it'll be nice to see today. Today, Cubs uh, will be split squad. Giolito and Hendricks. That's right. Yeah. And uh, we had some sacks right, talk. Hold it, Cubs split squad. You're not making an excuse already that the Saxman beat the Cubs. No. Well, it's just a Cubs split squad. That was created back David in the David Foley or whatever his name is by play. You know the split squad thing? Yeah. Remember old man Stalzer? Yeah. I used to always talk sure about do. when I was a young boy. Yeah. He was probably... Old man Stalzer was probably younger than I am now. No, no, no. But see, you're gonna you're, what you're going to say is you're going to say one thing. Yeah. Okay. No, 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 no. They got this so that the players so they can get see more players play. That's why they had split squad games. And they started in the seventies to yeah. create two games so they could have two sets of selling tickets for the same team. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. There are no. Well, I was going to say there are no dummies. Old but. man Stalzer. It's always about the money. Yeah. All right. Hey, when we return, I'll vote right now. Last chance. Uh, MLB rules say no trading of draft picks. Vote now on that. And uh, it's some. Uh, I want to talk with uh, Fred, uh, White Sox fan Fred, when we get back also about the uh, recently more and more talked about trade to get uh, uh, Shields, James Shields. He's the guy who used to be called Big Game James. No, that was someone else. Uh, <laughs> James yeah, Shields. They call him that, unfortunately. For uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. It should be Bad Game okay, James. Okay, we'll talk about that and much, much more. Murph and Fred, uh, back in a flash. Vote now at ESPN uh, 1000. And don't forget, Jesse's coming up at 10. Don't touch that dial. It's ESPN 1000. Saturday, Murph and Fred till noon. Three three six three seven seven. Oh. Three three two. There you go. Three seven. I haven't called in for a while. <laughs> you ever tempted to call in like the cap and company when you're not working that day? I have. No, really? No, I'm no, always... no. I have been tempted. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Right. Okay. Sometimes now with Twitter, I just tweet them and then they bring it up on the air. It's not appropriate. Yeah. Did you ever notice that throughout the history of radio? Well, you Host- know. Never call into their own station to other shows. Why is it? I don't know. Sometimes you, they need some help. <laughs> Not with their show. We don't. Sometimes right? they're looking for the answer to something that they that may elude them, are or you, I may know. Are you the implying uh, we we need a lot of help? I don't know because the lines would be full. <laughs> there you go. Three, you'd, have, you'd have like Sylvia on one line, Cap on another. You know, we'll have Jesse anyway. He'll correct us on anything we say about the Cubs. And then we would just call them all jackasses. <laughs> No, I would never do that. That's taken. <laughs> you you owe Cap money now for saying that. I used to have a jack jackass sound effect. It's not on my screen. When you get a minute, you'll see if that's still buried back there in the, uh, what we call it, the Murph and Fred vault, whatever you guys call it. Let's get the uh, final results. Uh, Eric, what do fans have to say with uh, uh, question uh, Twitter poll number one? The uh, MLB has a rule, no trading of draft picks ever. A, it's a good rule. All leagues should copy that. No draft picks. B, it's a stupid rule. Trading picks is good. Or uh, C or D, well, maybe just allow them, but no farther out than one year away or only on draft day. Uh, let me guess. People love the draft uh, trades. And uh, Fred, what do you think? B and a runaway by 85, 90%. They're great. I would say A. 
Me I, too. I hate trading draft picks. Me I too. I don't think they should, they should be uh, tradable. I think you right, should keep, like, a, like baseball. Yeah. I like the way baseball works. Right. Uh, That's why we're out of step Charlie's. Yeah. And I understand because in baseball you can trade minor leaguers, mm-hmm. which they don't have in mm-hmm. a lot of the other sports. Maybe you're putting too so, much thought into it. I don't know if they much. even thought that yeah, out. Yeah, far too much. Eric, uh, what's, who was the winner? The winner is 69% saying that it's a stupid rule. It's a dumb rule. The MLB rule. Yes. Right. So allow trading. I'm sorry. Sort of ba- I had double negative going there. Okay. Yeah. So, but so called 70% said we love trades. Yeah. But not me. so how many voted for A? Keep it like in all leagues should say no trading of draft future draft picks. 16% voted for that. Okay. And then uh, some crumbs to the others, right? Exactly. CMD. Very good. Three three two three seven seven six. Vote now. Here's our nine thirty Twitter poll. Uh, did you want Kyle Fuller back? All right. The transition tag is that what it's called? It means this is just a yes or no, right? Is, yeah. I'm sorry. Okay. I'm sorry. Thank no, you. No, that's okay. Uh, and uh, yeah, the transition tag, the the rarely used transition tag. Yeah. Yeah. Which means any, we kind of want him, but not, not yeah. that much. Yeah. So the bear, any team can make him an offer. All. 31 other teams can make them an offer, and the Bears have, like they would say, last look. Oh, you see that. Okay, I'll give you a dollar more. Boom, I got you. Yeah. So they, like you said, they're not, maybe yes, maybe no. Yeah, but the All thing right. is they, that if they lose them, they don't get anything. Mm-hmm. Where with a franchise player, yeah. you get something. 3323776. And uh, Bear Fan Bob is next on 294. Hey, Bear Fan good Bob. Good morning, Murph. Good morning, Fred. What's up, Bob? Hey, Bob? How are you? Good. I thought it would. Before I started in, I, I hear you talking about the Sox and the Bears. I thought I would give the uh, usual public service announcement for your listeners. Being that I am a clock man, and we do have a time change this weekend, make sure that all your listeners set their clocks correctly and move their minute hand if they have a wind-up clock like a grandfather clock or a mantle or a wall clock to move their minute hand forward. Don't forget to let the clock chime and... You know, every 15 minutes, if it's Westminster, or on a half hour, an hour, if it's time and strike, to the correct time. Don't forget to do that. You should be fine, and you won't have to see a guy like me. And that's because anyway. you are not only Bear fan, Bob, and White Sox fan, Bob. You're Bob the Clock Man. That is correct. Uh, do you, <laughs> you know, every uh, uh, when you change the clocks, they say change the battery, you know, and your smoke alarm. Should you squirt a little oil in the clock uh, when you do this every six months, or would that just gum oh, up the works? No, people who use <laughs> WD-40 on those things will just tear them up. You know, it gums them up, they got wax and now, they got paraffin and that stuff. It just makes a big mess. Boy, I can't it hear you. I got worse. some wax in my ear here. All right, Bob, White, so- White Sox fan Bob, go. Uh, Shields, uh, question. What's going on with Shields? I personally don't know why he's on the team. And your question about Fuller, that's a great question. You really threw me a curve with that one, Murph. Uh-huh. Uh, Kyle Fuller, I'll tell you something. I thought before he had a confidence problem. I thought Vic Fangio has fixing it. Now, with a transition tag, let's hope that he's not overconfident. Guys, I'm going to listen with Shields because I don't know why Shields is on the team. The only thing he's good for, maybe in the bullpen. I, I don't know. Thanks. Have a good day. Thanks, Talk Bob. To you soon. Hi, Bob. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Remember to uh, spring back and fall ahead uh, later today. Or it's the other way around. Yeah. You just have fun. Do whatever mm-hmm. you want. Now, 
He did bring up one great point: is a lot of times people just try to go backwards with the clock. You can't do that. You always have to. Go, you should always go eleven forward. hours forward. Uh-huh. That's but not, okay, but not today. Just not one today. hour forward. Yeah, tonight. All right. And so, you don't have to wait till two in the morning. You can do it when you go to bed. Let me mention that. Stay with this uh, topic of uh, James, James Shields. Shields uh, Big game, the, James. The Sacks gave up a uh, young ball player who is now uh, highly rated and top 10 in many of the uh, minor league uh, reports. Oh, sure. uh, not just in the, in the uh, system. I mean, right. top 10 overall, not just the Padres. Yep. Now, there's something I looked up here, White Sox fan Fred and White Sox fan uh, Bob. Okay, here's a uh, note this week from uh, out in Glendale, Arizona, the Chicago Tribune. Our buddy Chris Cook on the, uh, on the beat, right? Uh-huh. General manager, he's talking here about Shields. General manager Rick Hahn has taken heat for acquiring Shields for a then unknown teenager by the name of, uh, infielder by the name of Fernando Tatis Jr., who has blossomed into a top 10 prospect with hindsight having crystal clear vision. Han instead focuses on the benefits now of Shields, blah, blah, blah. All right, Fred, now let me ask you something. I went, I went and looked this up as to uh, when the trade was made. Uh-huh. All right. It was made on June 4, 2016. The White Sox were in third place on that day. Three games behind first place Cleveland. Right. Again, June 4th. Uh-huh. The season's just one-third over. Yep. They're in third place. Three games only uh, out. Two. Okay. And, and second Two place over, was yeah. Kansas City, uh-huh. one and a half games. So you had Cleveland, second place KC, a game and a half back. White Sox, third, a total of three games back. Now, June 4th of 2016. Let's read again what Chris Cook wrote. General Manager Rick Hahn has been taking heat. Who do you suppose made this trade and who was in charge? Now, we know that the White Sox plan to, uh, you know, rebuild, retool, whatever, right. was a three-man vote. Reinsdorf, Kenny Williams, and Rick Hahn. This is pretty public knowledge. We believe it to be true. Mm-hmm. And uh, the vote was two to one. Uh, Reinsdorf and Rick Hahn voting to tear it apart. That would imply, obviously, Kenny Williams said, no, I don't want to tear it apart. We haven't seen much of Kenny since then, by the way. When did that sort of change of power occur? I always thought, Fred, it was uh, last winter, you know, when it was time to make the Chris Sale trade and when it was time to make the Adam Eaton trade. I thought that the definitive move when the White Sox front office said, we're tearing it down, was just after after the 2016 season. The trade was made on June 4th. Yeah, but see, uh, I was at Sox Fest uh-huh. um, before the 2016 season, and Rick Hahn was doing all the talking. He was the guy that was doing all the talking. But- Kenny Williams was there, but he was already in the background. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, he has. He was already because he was Rick Hahn was the one that we asked all the questions to. Mm-hmm. It wasn't. It wasn't Kenny. Kenny was the guy that sat back. I understand what you're saying. They weren't in tank mode. They weren't in rebuild mode at that point. They were still in. We got a chance win to di- win. Win the division right. mode. They were still. We have a chance to win. The problem was they had a pitcher named John Danks mm-hmm. who was a complete piece of garbage. Uh, not only that year, but the year before also. He was seven and fifteen in 2015. 
In 2016, he started four games. He was 0-4 in 22 innings. He had an ERA of 7.25. They realized they couldn't go anymore with John Danks. They figured, we need a guy that's going to give us 200 innings, so they went and got James Shields. Right. At the time... It made sense because they were in third place just three games back with the season only on June 4th, one-third into the season. And Fernando Tatis was only 17 years old. Anything could have happened. But here's, the odds of him becoming a star were pretty remote. Let me just add this addendum, which is a fun word to say. If you had two of them, I don't know what they would be. All right, let me add this addendum, or all these addendi, addendumi. This has Kenny Williams' trade fingerprint still all over it. That's all I'll say. I'm not okay. going to base it on. I, I'm sure that at the win, at the uh, Sox Fest. I, like I said, because nobody nobody thought at the de- at the time nobody right. said this is an awful trade. But I'll just say this: yeah. the fingerprints. This is this is the modus operandi of Kenny Williams throughout his regime. Get the big name in here. Let's go for it. And I'm not saying again it's right or wrong. Right. I'm just not going to be the one that says Rick Hahn bought into this. It might have still been the three voters, and maybe Jerry was still on the go-for-it mode. Sure. And Kenny and Rick Hahn's vote, therefore, didn't matter. Uh-huh. Because it was already two votes, yes, out of the three. Yep. So I wouldn't be, and I'm not criticizing Chris Cook, because everybody pretty much says this. I'm not going to be the one that says Rick Hahn was behind trading Tatis, and we'll never know. Obviously. I think the reason, the reason the whole rebuild came was because of James Shields well, and how bad he was when he got here. One way or the other. They said, he, right. this ain't working. We got to rebuild. They vote right now. Last chance is uh, our uh, Twitter poll topic on the uh, poll right now. Do you want Kyle Fuller back? Uh, he's in the... Uh, between uh, and betwixt and between right now where the Bears can match or they might say eh, forget about it. Sort of the, the, the Bears rather are sort of in a good spot it appears with the as you call it what the seldom used uh, seldom trans- used tra- transition tag yeah <laughs> people, I, people had to go check the rules for that. Jesse Rogers I got a sound bite of little, uh, the little guy will play when we come back and then when he Jesse I know you're home you're taking a few days off he's out in his garage right now counting the books he goes 20,999 oh, I sold one no these this book's moving good and he's got a garage full of them you can maybe save the shipping if you just knock on Jesse's door back in a flash Murph and Fred Big Bears talk at 11 o'clock Dan Shanka our lad scouting system we are ESPN 1000 Chicago, glad you're with Murph and Fred. Uh, about uh, ten minutes away, ten minutes away from Jesse Rogers. Hour and ten minutes away from more Bears talk with uh, Dan Shanka, our lads, uh, college scouting guy. Fred, uh, so Dana was uh, lovely. Dana was out in the backyard uh, building a doghouse Tuesday. Did I tell you that? Oh, do you have a dog? Nope. Okay. Nope. Nope. Okay. It was for me. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very cool. <laughs> Nice little place. To, Tell you about that. You get, you, you get satellite out there. Uh, it's not a bad thing if you can get sit outside, especially with the summer coming. 
Not this time of year. I don't want to be out in a doghouse. No. no. Uh, well, unless it's insulated. Or your uh, little uh, heater. Alaskan husky. And you got that little thing around your St. Bernard with the keg yeah. around you. Uh, 332-3776. All right. Now, uh, our last chance to vote. Did you want Kyle Fuller back? Yes or no? I got to vote yes, Fred. I don't want him back, but I got to have him back. If, if that makes sense. I didn't. I don't like the guy. How do you know he had the one big year? But if you transition him, he's still got to be on the uh, one-year salary drive, right? Uh, because he's then a free agent again uh, after one yeah, more after year. Yeah, after one year, right? But here's the guy that dogged it. I'll say that it's a word you hate to use. Well, I think, but you can you can then work a deal with him. I think you can work a contract out with him. I don't want him. Long. Yeah. No, I don't want him forever more than one more year. Okay. But right now you don't have any cornerbacks. It appears. You're going to have to draft one, you know, so I think they're sort of maybe stuck with each other. Uh, we'll see, and we'll get your results and see what happens. All right, uh, let me ask Fred and uh, EO11, Eric. Jesse, I've had, the great thing about Jesse is you can butt heads with Jesse Rogers, and he never takes it personally, you know. He bounces, it's like that, you know, I remember when you were a kid, they used to have the, the, like the big uh, sandy, there was sand at the bottom and like a clown, it would be inflatable, it was about three, four feet, you could like a punching thing. Remember Bobo well. the Clown. Is that what it was called? Yeah, Bobo, Bobo the Clown. Bobo. Yeah. Yep. And it would go back and forth. And Just keep pump. going down. Well, that's Jesse. Yeah. And that's why we love Jesse, and that's why he's the best in the business, and that's why hopefully his uh, book, You Suck, will come, uh, or try not to, whatever, <laughs> will we'll do well. And Jesse, you're probably listening right now. So let me ask you fellas here. I butted heads with Jesse about two or three times in all, since uh, maybe uh, first of the year over. I keep saying, hey, you know, Schwerber last year couldn't contribute, produce in the leadoff slot because, in my opinion, he had a mindset. He was, you know, I'm a slugger all my life. I'm in the 3-4-5 hole since literally I'm... In high school and college, and the guy's always been in the middle of the order. Now they put me number one, and I know my my job there is, you know, to, to take some pitches on base percentage. I said, Jesse, it throws the whole thing off. We had Jerry Hairston Jr. on. Yeah. 16 years in the big leagues, Fred. He batted in every slot from one through nine, DH, everything up and down, and uh, played for the uh, Cubs. His dad and grandfather played for the White Sox. His uncle played for the 69 Cubs. John Hairston, cup of coffee catcher. And Jerry Harrison said, until I was about a three, four, five-year veteran, I would get messed up. Yeah. If I landed someday where he said I didn't belong, but like three, four, five, six because of injuries or doubleheader and spot starting. And the, he said, I'd try to slug the ball like I was a slugger. I wasn't a slugger. Screw me all up. He says, and uh, when I batted leadoff, I had a different mindset. You know, get, a, get on base, walk, base hit. He says, you can't mess a kid first year, second year, third year up. And so Jesse would always say, now here's what I'm asking your help, fellas. Am I losing my mind? Or didn't Jesse yes. always argue? Well, oh, I know that. Oh, there was more. I'm sorry. <laughs> but didn't Jesse, the last two, three times since the first of the year, go, nah, nah, that slump would have occurred anywhere. Nah, it had nothing to do with mental. Uh, you know, no, 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 you're reading too much into it. Did, did, did we not go back and forth, Jesse? I thought and you us? did. I thought you did. Yeah. It seems from, I mean, that was, 
If it wasn't Jesse, it was definitely the Cubs message. But I feel like Jesse was kind of parodying it in that sense, too. Well, I, that's, I, I, I remember that. Well, as well, we'll ask Jesse in a few minutes. But let's go back to earlier this week. Here's a soundbite. Jesse talking about Ian Happ up in the leadoff slot. And sounds like now he's saying what I used to say. You're playing out in the outfield you, in a home game. You get three outs. You have to run it and be ready right away. You can't. You don't get to see a pitch. You don't get to see a batter. You have to hit right away. Even in, if you're on the road, top of the first inning, all you're seeing is five, seven, eight warm-ups by the pitcher. You have to be ready to hit. This is what I keep hearing over and over again, this idea that the, the your bats come upon you. When you lead off, you want to get on twice out of five at-bats. That, that's the mindset. Two out of five is your goal. One out of five is bad. And he's like, it's different than the middle of the order. If you get one hit in five and it's a big hit, you did your job. And Joe will say this. When you get five at-bats every game, your batting average will drop. Because mm-hmm. it's just, nah, that's why you do have to take some walks. Now, that's if you care about batting average. He says players care. So as Schwarber's numbers were coming down last year, Madden is worried about that as much as anything. His confidence is going to just plummet. So we got to get him out of that one hole, get him three or four at-bats instead of five, get someone up there that will take a walk. So if he takes an 0 for, it's 0 for 4, not 0 for 5. All these things yes. that I don't think we think about are well, in play. Well, we'll find out. We'll talk to Jesse in a moment. Uh, let's go Southside. Tim wants to jump back on the White Sox talk. Hey, Tim. Hey, I think you guys are right. I think Rick Hahn is a genius because he's got you guys convinced that he's not responsible for anything bad like the James Hughes well, trade. On, hold on James... one thing. You said you guy, you guys. Fred. Well, you and, you and me, Fred. Me. Well, I thought Fred was right along with I thought he said that the whole rebuild started when James Shields sucked. The whole rebuild started when the Cubs won the World Series. That's when the w- rebuild started because oh, they dude. said they couldn't take the Cubs winning the World Series, so they just copied the Cubs, and now everybody's on, on the bandwagon. James Shields is Rick Hahn's responsibility. He was the general manager. Can, you can't take him. it both ways, no, Ricky not. boy. And yeah. if you want, if you oh, want, if you want to take not. credit for Copac that we got to wait five Tim. years to develop in the Chris time. Sale, you've got to take the responsibility for Fernando Tatis being an all-star shortstop. Sorry, Ricky. All right. Filibuster. Murph and Fred. What were the results there of our uh, Twitter poll, EO11? Did you want Kyle Fuller back, yes or no? 84% said yes. They would like to have him back. All right. But did they really want him back? I guess that would be another one for another time. Jesse, next. Uh, now Tim can go hang up his Chicago Cubs phone and go back and sit in his Chicago Cubs couch. Dork sports guy. Jeez. That's the guy, by the way. Oh, no, I, 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 right. Yeah. Oh. Hey, like, he's got, like, with the, the White Sox copied the Cubs, who copied the Astros, who copied the Royals. Yeah. Okay. Okay, Tim. Don't let it bother you. Call us tomorrow. Me and Black. We'll, we'll have more than. <laughs> we're, we're two dumb sports guys. We'll have more than Dork enough time for guy. it. Yeah. You know, don't we get in trouble when we play other shows' sound bites? It's this. This guy owns that sports bite. That is played throughout the station. Back in a flash. Hour number two. Jesse next. It's the only good thing he said. ESPN one thousand. Willie Bully! Jesse Rogers in one minute. Let's take a look at our uh, 10 a.m. Murph and Fred uh, Twitter poll, which is... Oh, I like this one. Multiple choice. If Javi Baez misses time this year, 
Remember earlier this week, thought it was a hammy. Four to six weeks. Just a cramp, not drinking enough Gatorade. Yeah, it's, it's still the left hammy. You'll miss a couple more days, I guess. That's a, it's not a hammy. I thought it's a... Uh, it's still a strain, right? No, 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 no. It was a cramp. Okay. Well, that's, well, we'll ask Jesse in yeah. 30 seconds. But regardless, let's say if... Uh, Javi Baez misses time this year, you know, 10 days, two weeks for something or more. A, no problem. Cubs got depth. B, eh, slight problem. C, big problem. D, huge problem. Vote now at ESPN 1000. And let's bring in the one, the only... Jesse is a friend. I figured since we're stealing sound bites from other shows, <laughs> Dirk Sparks guy. I can't get enough of uh, Rick Springfield, so that's fine. That's true. <laughs> I've seen him in concert about seven times. I took my sister. I used to have a segment, a make Fred laugh. You just made Jesse laugh from yes, 20, I did. 20 year ago bit. Uh-huh. Jesse, I thought you'd love to hear... I don't know how much... Tr- Whose song is this? Is this... Uh, Rick Springfield. No, oh, no, I mean Waddle and Sylvia. Car- Carmen and Yurko. Carmen Carmen. I feel like it's a Wednesday at 1 o'clock right now. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right, well, Jesse, unbeknownst to you, we decided you need a song, but we can't steal another show's song, right? So, you shouldn't. You shouldn't. No, probably okay, not. Uh, you should. But nice because the guy that's been around the radio block. Yeah. Right. All right. All right. Uh, but if he was a producer, he would say, no, you definitely shouldn't. Terrific producer. <laughs> Hello, Bill Bonham, Mr. Bonham. Murph wants to talk to you. Don't know why. Uh, all right. Eric Ostrowski. I said, Eric, uh, see if we can find a, a song with the word, the name Jesse in it, you know. And um, Jesse, and then we have a second uh, second song. We're going to let you pick which one you want to be to Murph and Fred Saturday uh, when, you, when you're kind enough to join us. And you're a busy guy. We always appreciate it. So... Uh, who is the artist at EO on the first one before we hear it? Do you have the... This is this is the famous Debbie Ryan. The song is called <laughs> Hey Jesse. Debbie Ryan. She sounds like a, a, a alderman-to-be on the south side someday. <laughs> All right. So EO found this. Debbie Ryan sings about uh, not Jesse as a friend, but uh, okay... Are you kidding me? This song was written about Jesse. I do like that. That's a good one. But as, I got to hear the other one. As Jay Hood would say, it's a toe tapper. All right. <laughs> More than that. Now, here's the other one. This one I found. Unfortunately, I just have to warn you, uh, that was the only one we could find with Jesse. So this one uh, is uh, Allman Brothers, famous band, Allman uh, Brothers blues band back in the day, right? But the only one, uh, the, the only one, Jesse. So this is Jessica. <laughs> Us now to talk Cubs. You're, you're a liberal, open-minded guy, you know. Uh, so I thought you wouldn't be a, th- you know, these days everybody's, uh, you know, everybody's everything, right? So you don't mind being Jessica, do you? 
If it works for the show, Murph, you know I'll be anything you want me to be. Same but I got up. another one for you. What about Carly Simons, Jesse? I won't cut, cut fresh flowers for you. Ah, we'll have that by the end of the segment. EO 11 will pull that up. But if I'm voting, I, I'm going to vote for the uh, first one. I kind of like uh, the first one. I never heard that yeah. song before. All right, I, I think like it that. was written for you. It's brand new. All right. Uh, all serious, <laughs> all seriousness aside, right. as Steve Allen used to say. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, Jesse, I know you're busy. I don't know. Were you able to eavesdrop on Murph and Fred about 10, 15 minutes ago? With that? We were talking about you, and uh, uh, we had a soundbite of you earlier this week talking about uh, Ian Hap out in, in the, the leadoff slot. I don't have a radio in my shower just yet, All so right. I missed that part. I, I have a splash dance from 30 <laughs> years ago, and it still works. Those damn batteries kept it's getting away. It's got the thing of rope around your neck, you know? And you just, all right. Jesse, I asked the fellas here if I was uh, losing my mind, and they both thought it was sort of a tough question to answer either way. Well, we right. thought he was done. We thought that's all he was going to ask us. Am I losing my mind? And we said, yes. And I said, and then he had more. I didn't, I didn't I know I said, that. Eric and, and uh, Fred, I said, you know what? Doesn't It seems to me like since the first of the year, and we love knocking, I love knocking heads with you because what's that thing called? The bo- bozo bag or what's that, Eric? Uh, what'd you call it? Bobo the Clown. Remember the Bobo the Clown with the sand on the bottom, inflatable clown about four feet high? You'd punch it, it would go backwards and spring, <laughs> sort of like the clock, spring backwards, <laughs> fall forward yeah. or whatever it is. Yeah, sure, sure. I, I've told you this for 25 years. This is the best thing about Jesse. Sparring, going at it, and yeah. you never lose it. You never get mad, you never take it personally. Jesse, am I nuts? Didn't you and I go at it three times since January 1st where I said the problem with Schwarber leading off last year was mental? Here you got the three, four, five hole guy now he's got a bad leadoff do i have to walk do i take some pitches do i unload on that first one down the middle and he got all screwed up didn't you always say to me no no he was just in a slump it would have happened in any batting order slot he would have been in yeah that's what i believe yes that's what i believe all right then let's play back your soundbite from earlier this week here's jesse talking about the leadoff slot on good alias pn 1000 specifically ian Hap. you're playing out in the outfield you in a home game you get three outs. You have to run it and be ready right away. You can't. You don't get to see a pitch. You don't get to see a batter. You have to hit right away. Even in, if you're on the road, top of the first inning, all you're seeing is five, seven, eight warm-ups by the pitcher. You have to be ready to hit. This is what I keep hearing over and over again, this idea that the, the your bats come upon you. When you lead off, you want to get on twice out of five at-bats. That, that's the mindset. Two out of five is your goal. One out of five is bad. And he's like, it's different than the middle of the order. If you get one hit in five and it's a big hit, you did your job. And Joe will say this. When you get five at-bats every game, your batting average will drop. Because mm-hmm. it's just, that's why you do have to take some walks. Now, that's if you care about batting average. He says players care. So as Schwarber's numbers were coming down last year, Madden is worried about that as much as anything. His confidence is going to just plummet. So we got to get him out of that one hole, get him three or four at-bats instead of five, get someone up there that will take a walk. So if he takes an 0 for, it's 0 for 4, not 0 for 5. All these things that I don't think we think about are in play. All right, stop the tape. All right, Jesse, uh, as they used to say, you're dime your dance floor. What am I missing here in the translation of a Jesse speak? Well, I don't think that's the reason he slumped. If you watch the swing, even when he came down to five, he was missing balls that he normally hit. So, right. I, I, I mean, we, we're never going to know because there's no actual proof. But the biggest thing, the reason, the real reason, I didn't have a problem at the, him at the top of the order, and this is why Hap is, is keep, keep saying the same thing, is I don't think Schwarber had to change his game to be a leadoff man. In other words, yeah. I thought he had a keen eye. He was a guy that took pitches. 
Now, Hap is, is not a guy that has that, but he keeps being told, don't change your game. So maybe they learned some lessons from other leadoff men or Schwab or whatever, and they're hammering to these guys like Elmore and Hap, don't change your game. Now, again, I don't think Schwarber changed his game because he, by nature he, he likes to see pitches. So we might be talking about two different things here, but the bottom line is I don't think he, he, he was swinging and missing at balls that he normally hit because he was leading, leading you, off. You know, the other thing that's weird, too, Jess, I mean, because Hap has, played, has hit so well in that spot, it, it's different hitting leadoff when there's uh, the second deck put on. I mean, I know that you, course, younger players talk about it too. Pressure. I mean, yeah, there's not pressure going into a spring training game. And, and all, all, all they're doing now is is Joe is just trying to get them used to that thing I said at the beginning: running in from center field and getting ready to hit. That's it. And and it will it will it help fifty percent? Probably not, but it might help five or ten percent once we hit April. Okay, I'm used to this a little bit. It, it, that's all. It's just getting a few guys used to that idea of hitting right away, whether you're home or road. And now, with the new rules, won't they have less time to actually get get to the plate, grab a bat, get to sure. the plate, take their swings? Because they got to be in the batter's box a certain amount Maybe of time. Maybe that's good. You don't have time to think, Jess. Yeah, I actually, you bring that up. I, I did an interview with an umpire. It's going to run soon. And he said that they want the batter in the box as the catcher throws down to second. At the end of the you know warmups, yeah. they want the batter in the box. So that's how quickly they hope things are going to move. Where'd you find the app, the Don and Charlie's about midnight? <laughs> You're not far off. You're not far off, it, Murphy. Did, Pretty read, close. Didn't they read Don and Charlie's is closing? It's going to close, and they're building yeah. a uh, hotel. Anyone that's been to spring train, that's the number one place to go. Don and Charlie's with all the memorabilia. Uh, all right, next, Jesse. Uh, how does Jason Hayward look different now? Uh, since he's had uh, eight weeks or whatever under the tutelage of uh, Chile. What's what's different with uh, Say Hey? Yeah. I, I don't see a ton. I don't see a ton. Um, when I get back, I have uh, a, a thing set up for next Friday to talk to some scouts about his swing and Schwarber's swing. You know, it seems like an annual spring thing we do is examine his swing. So I always go to these scouts that I know. They're smarter than I am about this stuff. And if he's made changes over the last two years, we know that it's pretty, they're, they're pretty small. You know, it's still a long swing to me, Murph. I know you watch all these games. I don't see a lot different. Um, I do see the one thing I like about Schwarber and Hayward, when they go to left center, man, that's where that power really can show up. Hayward is not a pull home run guy, I don't think. I think if he can go to left center like Schwarber can, he can put some balls in. The, that's where he gets that strength. You know, extend the arms. Instead of rolling over a ground ball, go to left center with that. So he's done that a couple times in spring. I don't see a lot different, but I'll talk to scouts next week. All right, now hold that thought. Uh, there was a Cub game televised, uh, might have been last weekend, Angels. And the Angels, and uh, this was on MLB TV, so it was the uh, national, actually it was the Angels the TV Angels guys. TV guy, All yeah. right, Jess, yeah. Fred? So, and uh, it's like Hayward's second at bat. Hayward's, Hayward's second at bat. And I don't even know who the play-by guy was. Doesn't matter. But the other guy was obviously an ex-player. Don't know who he was, right? And the ex-player, as Hay, Hay, Hayward's up there, says, uh, well, you know, Jason Hayward can't hit a fastball anymore. So here's fastball, strike one. Next pitch, fastball fouled off or whatever. And the double to left center you're talking about was the next pitch. And uh, it was a uh, off-speed pitch. High, 
over the plate, and that was the one his eyes lit up, and he knocked it out to left right. center, which was exactly what the ex-ball player, you know, analyst, color guy was saying. And for some reason, the pitcher on fastball, one strike, fastball fouled off two strikes. He, he didn't hang it, don't get me wrong, but it was a high slider. It wasn't the yeah. fastball. It was up over. Maybe that's the one you were talking about, I bet. Yeah, it was. It was. You know, the book on him is to jam him with fastballs. I mean, the, the announcers were not wrong. I, be, I bet that was Rex Hudler. Rex, Rex maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but uh, uh, jam him with fastballs, and it, it's going to be very difficult for him to to really do anything with it. So, yeah, hanging something on the outside or even not even yeah. hanging it is a mistake on, on 0-2 or whatever the count was. So, yeah, jamming with fastballs, that's the problem there for him. All right, let's stay uh, quickly on the outfield. I broached this to you at the very end last week. We didn't really have time. So there'll be days uh, when the Cubs are facing tough left-handed pitcher, all right? Now, if you want no lefties in the outfield against the tough left-handed pitcher, uh, you're going to have uh, Elmora playing, starting, and have Hap starting, and you're going to have Zobrist starting. I don't know if you remember exactly seven days ago, uh, right about this time we brought this up. Yeah. Jesse, how would you, and you know, see, no one knows Joe Madden better than you, because you, you wrote a book about it called The Plan, right? <laughs> <laughs> Well, you're right about one part of it. I wrote a book (laughs) about Joe. No, in fact, you've been everywhere. You've done a great job promoting it. Let's talk about it real quick right now. Uh, The book is Try Not to Suck by Jesse Rogers. And you had another co-author, I'm sorry. I forget who helped you. Yeah, Bill Bill Chastain out of Tampa Bay covered uh, Joe down there. And it's getting uh, terrific reviews. Uh, uh, Other than, uh, again, uh, going to your door, knocking on your door, running back to the garage and uh, getting it without uh, any shipping fees, uh, buying it directly from you. How does everybody get a hold of your uh, great new book? Uh, thanks, Murph. Uh, available in bookstores everywhere, Costco and Walmart, I think, uh, at the end of next week, mm-hmm. um, Amazon, and then you can also email me for a signed copy, jrogersbook at gmail.com. And I think a lot of people are going to like learning about Joe prior to, like, the World Series stuff. You know, everybody, we were there for the World Series, but he had a whole career before that. And, and let me just, can I say this? I, I summed up, it took me a long time to figure out why, how to sum up Joe and why he's been so successful, Murph, and I got it like yesterday. It came to me yesterday, and it's so obvious, and it's something you know, and Fred, you know. He grew up at a time where it was Earl Weaver, Billy Martin, you know, all the old school guys, right? He, he's the oldest manager in the game right now. He should be an old school guy, but what's made him last and what's made him successful, in my opinion, he, he grew up in that time, but that's not the label you can use on him. He's an old-school guy with progressive thoughts. And that conti- that's that not just today. That started when he was young, to be honest. Even when he was in the midst of all these old-school guys who, you know, you don't question them, you don't, you know what I mean? You don't sure. step out of line. Mm-hmm. thinking about the Listella thing, you know, two years ago when Listella wouldn't report. Joe saved him. Joe brought him back. How many managers would have just said, forget about him? He should be an old school guy, but he's really yeah. not. And that's what I think has made him successful for so You know long. what Fred would have said to him? Hey, can we steal from another show? And don't let the daughter hit you where the good Lord uh, split you. Yeah, that's what Speaking I would have old school guy, you're sitting <laughs> next to one, Murph. Yeah. I mean, Fred would have said goodbye. Uh, and yeah. I get that. I get that. But what I say is, you know, there were a lot of people that said, hey, Listella should be gone. So okay. Madam brings him back. And what, what, what's the, so there was no chaos. 
right? The, the, the organization didn't fall apart. People didn't start walking all over Joe. If they had, then all those people that said that, you know, Joe was being soft would have been right. But things worked out. Now Lestella is pulling pranks, and he's one of the leaders on the team. So you know Joe as well as anybody. Do you know yeah. why he wears a uh, uniform number 7070? Um, it's in the book, but Bill it's wrote about book, that, I But believe. you don't remember? Yeah, I don't remember that. Uh, you didn't it, read your book. Did it have to do with his dad? No. Okay. His original number when he was first uh, became a major league coach way back when with the Angels, uh, they assigned him to the game or at number 20. So he was wearing 20. And, you know, even uh, you put 2020 on your bags and all your paraphernalia, uh, players on their gloves and shoes. and you, So everything was fine. He had 20 on everything. He was a coach, I think like bullpen uh, for the Angels. And uh, all of a sudden they announced, we're, we're going to retire. The number of Don Sutton, good old number twenty. Yeah, he had to right. take his shirt off. All yeah. the numbers. So he said to himself, "I never want to again have to go through this." So I'm going to pick a number that nobody has ever worn, number seventy. And also, probably the two zero is easy to change to a seven because you can make a two into a yeah. uh, into a seven. Yes, that's right. Bill wrote about that part. Um, there goes my book. I was going to write a whole book yeah, about that. Yeah, exactly. Write a whole book about it. Well, <laughs> thin, and I mentioned his dad. His dad is. His dad is. Yeah, his dad is prominent in the early portion of the book. You know, his dad made a big mark on him. You know, he, he grabbed his dad's hat during the World Series during right. the rain delay and brought it out to him. But. Um, yes, that is all in the book. All right, let's go back to the present now. Uh, yeah. Let's say against a tough lefty, Joe's going to pen. And you know how he makes the lineups. That's one of the things you do in the book. You sat in with him once. Very, very cool. All right, so he's going to align his outfield, uh, you know, in April against the tough lefty. And he's going to have Elmora in the uh, lineup, Hap in the lineup, and Zobrist. Where do you position these three guys in the outfield? Or where will Joe, since you know him yeah. so well? Oh, I, I, I know you're going to disagree with me, but I, that's an easy one for me. Zobrist will be in left, uh, Almora will be in center, and Hap will be in right. No. Yeah, see, I agree with Jesse. <laughs> I knew more for disagree. <laughs> They're going to keep, this is me, they're going to keep Happer in center, as he's just learning that position. They're going to say, hey, you're my everyday center fielder. Almora. You, you didn't realize what you just said. You said the center field. They're okay. going to say, hey. I did. The well, say I, hey I, kid. well, I okay. called Jason Hayward to say hey earlier. As that a, was a big mistake. Mock. No, yeah. that was a mock. Oh, was it? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. So, Sorry. Jesse, I, we'll see. I'm not going to talk about it long now, but Elmore is a terrific outfielder. He's probably nowadays better than Hayward, who has slowed down uh, in my uh, estimation. But you watch. We'll see. We'll see what Joe does. And he may not do it right away. Eventually, I think it'll be Elmore in right versus lefties, Hap in center. Well, you know, and, and Hendricks is going today, and I know yesterday, uh, Jess, I know you're back up here, but yesterday people were trying to ask uh, Lester about spring training, and he just started laughing at people because he's just out there to throw innings. He doesn't care. Obviously, it was right. he probably felt a little bit better with his outing yesterday because it was so good, but he doesn't care. He And that's the way most of these starters are taking it, right? Oh, of course, of course. I do. I am putting, I mean, this is probably a mistake, but I am putting a little stock in their actual record. I okay. am. Because offensively, they just, I, I feel like there's a good chance that things might carry over um, from, from spring training to regular season. Remember, I'm, I'm, I was a big proponent in 16, that, and, and Chris Bryant said it, they were picking up where they left off in 15. It's almost like they're going back and picking up where they left off in 16, because we know 17 was, was a wash. I'm not going to say that word, Murph. Okay. I'm not going to say the word. <laughs> but right. I, I feel like that 11-2 and two record and what they're doing offensively in spring 
actually could have a slight meaning, a slight meaning. Let's put it this way. I, I think we're all agree if they start out 2-11, and 11, that would be shocking. Whereas if they were 2-11 and 11 in spring, it, it, would, you know, it would mean nothing because right. they could be 11-2 and two in the regular season. But 11-2 and two in spring, I feel like, can carry over. I'm probably not making any sense. But I do feel like there's a, there's a vibe there that might just move right into April. I could be wrong. All right, you know what time it is, Jesse? It's Jesse loves the lightning round. He's saying, I thought we were done. No, okay, just a couple of quickies, Jesse. Then we'll spring it. Thanks for calling in on a uh, busman's holiday for you today. All right, uh, John Lester, less than a week ago, it seems like a month ago, but he uh, two-hopped to throw over to first base on a booted comebacker, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw a lot of people, and people ask me, why don't they bunt him silly? Why don't the other teams bunt him silly? I'll give you a few reasons if you and Fred agree. Number one, no one knows how to bunt anymore. That's the first one. Number two, it ain't that easy to bunt on a guy like Lester who's throwing that two-seamer zigzagging down and in or busting you up high with the four-seamer. It ain't that easy to do. Uh, many of them can't do it. Uh, the, the agent says, don't do the bunt for a hit, hit a home run. That's how we're going to make money. Yeah, we, they don't, they don't we. Pay, yeah, they don't pay you for bunting. No, no, we want those counting stats that everybody laughs at except the arbiter. So there's a lot reasons. You also got Contreras behind the plate, who if you only bunt it five, eight, ten feet out, he's going to throw you out. If you bunt it too hard, Brian's going to come in. He's terrific on the bare hand throw. Maybe even uh, uh, Rizzo, if, if you bunt it too hard out. It's not that easy to, to do, is it, Jesse? That last point, I think, is your best one. Because a bunt other than between the pitcher's mound and third, where Lester has to grab it, anywhere else is nothing special. If you hit it back to him, he'll underhand it. If you hit it to the right side, he'll pick it up and underhand it. If you don't hit it hard enough, Contreras will grab it. I saw Contreras go almost all the way out to the mound last right. year and throw a guy out. You have to put it perfectly between third right. and the pitcher's mound and make Lester field it, and you'll be safe. But that's going to be uh, once or twice a year you make a perfect bunt like that. All right, lightning round. All right, now, Jesse, on that play... Uh, and again, it was less than a week ago, but I uh, have some new ground to plow. Uh, he two-hopped it over to first. We had the uh, backup first baseman, didn't know what to do with it. It skipped by, looked bad, and then everyone laughed. Oh, did you hear they're doing the Pippin to Jordan? <laughs> well, you know, number one, I don't think it's that dumb of a play. Uh, Davy Concepcion, years ago with the Big Red Machine at shortstop when they had the AstroTurf uh, uh, field, he sort of uh, originated the uh, long from the hole, one-hop, two-hop throw to first. Why? It's there quicker. It's quicker to go short, short hop than balloon it over, even if you have a good arm. So, uh, it's been done for years, the throw over. Uh, Lester's not doing this, though, to get it there quicker. He's just thinking, the idea is, and it's not that bad, is that, well, I'm not going to airmail it or throw it over his head. All the first baseman, usually Rizzo, has to do is get down, catch her, and block the darn thing. Now, Fred, you're pretty smart. Jesse, you're pretty smart. So I just combined two things there. I mentioned they don't call it AstroTurf anymore. What is it? Field turf? Usually. Whatever. Yeah. All right. Not many teams have it Not anymore. Not many teams have it. Right. Fred, 1970, the White Sox, Bill Vex or whatever year, he 
expected AstroTurf the on the infield. Yeah, just the infield. I know, Jesse. Probably because it was too expensive. Bill Veck also taught everybody, and Veck is in Rec, his famous book years ago, if you're going to do something, do it once, because then the league will put a rule in against it the next day, right? True, yeah. If you do, you're do, you trying to get around something, sure, yeah. Here's what they do. In the biggest game of the year, it's the last game of the season, and the Cubs are tied, and they, if they win the game, they're in the playoffs, they're tied, they're playing Milwaukee. I'm not saying uh, AstroTurf field turf the entire infield, fellas. Here's what you do. Now, wait a minute. You put like a stretch of the field turf, five, ten feet wide, in for that game when Lester's pitching between a pitcher. Did you just laugh, young man? Between Sorry, a, between, he did before I, I had to. <laughs> make Murph laugh, make Fred laugh, make Jess laugh. You put about a ten foot wide swath. Uh, a field astroturf between a mound and an angle right to first base. So any ball that's hit back to him, he fumbles it, he bobbles it, he whips it over onto two hops, boom, boom, nice clean hops on the astroturf to Rizzo. Game's over. Cubs win because of that one idea. I guarantee you there's no rule in the book against it. Oh, I don't know about that. I guarantee you. I don't know about that. There's no rule against it until the next day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How about just leave it in for the season then? You know why? Well, why? because the next day they take it out. I'm saying you got to spring it, sneak attack yeah. on the last day in a big game for Lester. Right. Well, I, that's what I'm saying. Have it for every start of his. He could use it. Bring it out on the road. Can you do that, Fred? I don't <laughs> yeah, think so. Bring it on the road. <laughs> uh, he, go, he goes to the mound with it. All right. Let's let's uh, roll Jesse out with his favorite new music. Jesse, I love it. I won't cut. This is the one he told me to pull. That's the new one. I like it. Or the first one, either one. No, this is, uh, yeah. That's not bad. Is this the same one? No. No, No, this is the one he suggested that I try and check. That's the one I suggested, but the first one was a little bit more up-tempo. Yes, it was. Anybody that knows you, you're more up-tempo. There we go. Come on. You're a radio guy, Jesse. Trying to put everybody to sleep? Hey, Jesse. Hey, guy, Jesse. You're a party man. He didn't want to be Jessica. He didn't want to be Jessica. Speaking of party, isn't going to be more open-minded. Speaking of party, isn't there going to be a party for the for the book release? What, you, we missed that? At Jesse's house. Oh, we weren't invited, I guess. At Don and Charlie's when he's interviewing umpires at 1 a.m. over a, a gin martini. <laughs> there will be when I get back from uh, spring training, Fred. And you will be invited. There you go. Try okay. not to suck available everywhere, Jesse Rogers. Thanks, Jesse. Go See, home You now. got it, guys. I'll nap. talk to you next week. I'll be back there. See you, right, great. See you, Jesse. Jesse Rogers. Hey, guess what's next, Fred? The average game. Oh, guys! So before we get before oh. we do that, then we got to make an announcement. Okay. Because uh, the the uh, struggles for the White Sox still, uh, continues. Uh-oh. Uh Good thing Louis Robert wasn't uh, expected to make the team this year, and he's still a couple years away. That rest, he's going to be out for ten weeks. The one he didn't even mention, uh, and then he hit a, a home run. Well, he's yeah, he slid into second base and uh, uh, head first. Yeah, head first, those damn head first slides. His uh, it'll be immobilized in a cast for six weeks, out ten weeks. Hit a grand slam despite the injury. You know the way to slide. See, a lot of these guys don't know. I know we're late. I know we're late. The way. 
these most of these guys never learned to slide feet first. Yeah. Which is you, know, you can't teach you can't teach someone how to slide feet first. But here's what you do you when just, they're twenty years old. You just wear the damn glove and everything that's good, where all your hand is all you know in, encapsulated in the thing. I mean, players are wearing it all the time. If in fact you can't learn how to slide uh, feet first, well, you're exactly right. Or you make the fist, uh-huh. or you get the foam finger. We're number one with about a two foot finger, and when you slide in, you only got to go eighty eight feet. That's right. How that's long is this segment right now? <laughs> what is the next commercial? <laughs> the average game. We got Bears talk at eleven. Busy day. Glad you're with us, Murph and Fred. It is ESPN one thousand. Fred Hubner back together on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Yeah, Dana built a big old doghouse for now. <laughs> Expound on that later so all your other fellas don't have a doghouse built for you. Hint, something to do with the Askers and the recording. Uh, and the recording. I uh, watched On it. the DVR. My wife told me that... Uh, she goes, you're so mean, you can't say that in the air. I said, what? Huh. Well, at the end of the In Memoriam, which you know Eddie Vedder was playing a song by Tom Petty, I said, not a lot of famous people died this year. She goes, that's just mean. I said, well, look, some years it's been tons and tons and tons of people. They almost don't have time. This year, you know who they, they, they omitted. They now, probably omitted a lot. No, no, name, a famous fellow from uh, Oak Park. He was on for years with the... Uh, uh, Frazier show. Uh, oh yeah, John, Ma- John Mahoney. John Mahoney. Yeah, you know why? It's TV. He did movies. He did some, oh, but okay. I, I think that's what it, that's where the you know if you cut the film, uh, you were there, but not if you were only not, in one or two movies. That's not why lovely uh, Dana built okay. the doghouse. Yeah. Let's bring in EO Eleven real quick, Eric. EO Eleven. What were the results of our uh, Twitter poll? Ten o'clock. Uh, if Baez, uh, Javier Baez misses, you know, amount of time this year, A, no problem. B, Cubs got plenty of death. A, no problem. Cubs got plenty of death. B, slight problem, big problem, huge problem. What the fans uh, vote there, Eric? All right, it's pretty tight. Mm-hmm. So at the bottom, 7% says huge problem. Okay. 16% say it's a big problem. Mm-hmm. 33% say no problem at all. The Cubs have depth. And 44% mm. believe it is a slight problem. Okay, let's bring back uh, from earlier this week, uh, Jesse. I would have been like Hawk Harrelson. I would have been running down there. Javi, <laughs> how you feeling? Javi, are you okay? I was back home here already. So most of the time, if a key player goes down, you think, ah, they're screwed. But even if he's out a while... They are stacked. Okay, Zobris, well, you got your spot back. Hap, move into second base. Tommy Listell, you're going to get a few more starts. They survived the whole season without Kyle Schwarber. And that was when Schwarber had a better reputation maybe than now. You know, so the first thought wasn't, oh, man, they're screwed. Right. Defense obviously goes down. Turns out he's okay, and so it's not that big of a deal. Here's just one problem that everyone seems to have omitted. Uh Uh-huh. Your backup shortstop is Javi Baez. Yes. So if Javi's out for the 10-day DL or out for three weeks, you know, with something, all of a sudden now you know what happens? Russell's got to play every day, day in, day out, never a day's rest. And if something goes bad with him, you really got a problem. Because right now, you can't put Happ at short. You can't put Zobrist at short. 
And you can't put La Stella at short unless you're trying to tank the game uh, like you're in the NBA. Let's go over to uh, Jim is next in Beecher. Hello, Jim. Hey, how you guys doing? Happy Saturday. Thank What's up, you. Jim? You know what? Uh, I just called you guys station there, you know, to want to talk to you guys. And then while I'm on hold, I hear this news about uh, Louis Roberts for 10 weeks. And uh, you know what? When you go down this laundry list of Robert and uh, uh, Jake Berger and uh, what's his name? Uh, Eloy Eloy Jimenez. Right. Yeah. It's like uh, uh, it almost, I mean, I can't believe the laundry list that's being, uh, you know, accumulated here. What is it? Kopech going to be next now with an elbow or a shoulder? Uh, this is this is really like, uh, this is crazy. I don't believe what I'm seeing with all these top guys not being able to play baseball with all their injuries. Well, the, uh, the only good thing about it, Jim, is that they were not expected to be here this year yeah. and the next year, so they've got some time to recover. Okay, and, and that's fine. I, I know, I mean, injuries, what are you going to do? But the second point, uh, and I'll, I'll throw this out for discussion, uh, mostly Fred, but Murph, if you want to you know, jump in, that's great too. Mm. This thing with uh, Carson Fulmer, this guy was the eighth player picked in the draft in 2015. And I'm hearing discussions that his, he may top out as a eighth-inning setup guy. And to me, you know, it's starting to look like this guy could be a pretty pretty bad-blown pick by uh, Doug Lauman's last pick as a White Sox head of his scouting department. Uh, I'm, not, uh, I'm not happy with uh, that kind of uh, a player assessment. And I just want to see what All you right. guys think. Thanks for checking in as always, Jim. Appreciate your call. Jim, you worry about uh, drafting pitchers all the time. It does take a little bit longer for pitchers uh, to figure the, figure it out. But it's think a about gamble, it. too. Carlos Rodon was picked fourth. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're not going to see him till maybe May, if if that early. So, you are you know, it, it's tough with pitchers. And you're right. I mean, uh, you know, hitters are one thing. But pitchers, it takes them a while to figure out the game. It takes all pitchers. I mean, Kyle Hendricks, you know, was in was drafted and he was in the minor leagues, and then he get traded to the Cubs and and comes up. Jake Arrieta was with the Orioles. The Cubs had knew to nothing about the Cubs knew nothing about Kyle Hendricks. Documented, they knew nothing about him. They saw the numbers. It was a last minute thing. That was a Ryan Dempster yeah. uh, trade. You right. got you, you just got to hope that your pitching coach oh. can can help these guys become better pitchers because sometimes they just rely on one or two things. That's why they told Kopech saying, you know, listen, you're not going to be up here until you until you can win with your off-speed stuff. You, until your off-speed stuff can be good enough, you're not going to be here. Because once they bring them up, they don't want to have to send them down. You can do what I'm going to uh, suggest here with every team in baseball. So it's not an anti-Cubs, anti-Sox. But since we're on the topic, check out the White Sox last 20 years number one pick. And you could do this with any oh, team. That'd be brutal. Well, but you could do this with almost yeah. every team. So I'm not trying to, you know, cast it on one direction. But the first pick, last 20 years, for most teams, you're going to find about 17 clunkers in there. Oh, yeah. And uh, the White Sox are no different from uh, anybody else. Hey, here's our uh, Twitter poll for this half hour as we lead up to Bears talk in a few minutes. Jordan Howard, everyone knows him, Bears running back, good old number 24. Jordan Howard is the Bears... This is multiple choice. As the Bears lead back. They also used to call him load back or lead back, uh-huh. right? A, good enough to win, comma, but. And that'd be another semicolon. Okay. Good enough to win, semicolon, but, dot, dot, dot. B, bad hands, Bears should upgrade. 
C, reliable and cheap, keep them. All right? Okay. Because I heard a lot of talk this week about him, sure. pro and con, so not to uh, sway the jury here. Uh, but vote right now, Bears fans, Jordan Howard as Bears lead back. Good enough to win, but bad hands should upgrade or C, reliable and cheap, keep them. So, the doghouse. We got, you know, we can uh, we can record uh, five or six shows at a time. Yeah, I think we. I, I it used got to be four. two. Yeah, I got four, maybe and we then got, watch one or something. Maybe like that's that. it. So whatever five, it is. Yeah. So about every week or so, I go through and I try to uh, delete, or sometimes every other delete my stuff. Right. Which either you know was a ball game last night, the Bulls game. I don't need that. My God, look, I got a Cubs uh, spring exhibition game from two weeks ago. <laughs> There's three hours gone, yep. and all of a sudden it jumps down from 49% full to 45%. Oh, yeah. I like that. And I'm going, now, lovely Dana records a lot of stuff. I mean, you name it. Uh, was there a TV show, Wings, years ago? At years an airport? ago, there was Wings, yeah. Was wings. That's that guy. That guy's great. Something, something, something. He's now in uh, divorce with Sarah Jessica Parker. Yeah, I know who you're talking about, but yeah. I don't know. Steven something. He's, his name's Steven three something. Names. Yeah. But anyway, or there's like, uh, you know, Malcolm in the Middle. And so those are Dana's. Then I see, you know, I recorded, you know, Highway Patrol, Wyatt Earp, you know, Gunsmoke. Yeah. You know, old stuff. Peter Gunn. So boom, boom, boom. Now, sometimes they'll be on the recorded uh, hold, on hold is whatever you would call it, list. And they'll be like, okay, so I was recording a Thomas sport. Thomas Hayden Church was in That's it. That's yeah. it. Thank you. Oh, he, I was thinking good. The, I was thinking of Stephen Weber. But, and I know that and then Tim Daly. Church. Yeah. Have you seen him in Divorce? It's his second year. It's yeah, no, year. I have oh, not. Classic. He was great in, He's uh, great. He was great in the movie uh, with the wine. Oh, Sideways. Yes, he Terrific. was great in Sideways. That was the uh-huh. greatest movie ever. Yeah. Out of the Napa Valley. With Giamatti. Yeah, it was unbelievable. So, he starts complaining about Merlot. A lot of times I'll, I'll have like the... So if I'm recording uh, a sporting event, Bears game, Bulls, Cubs, right. Sox, whatever, blank, I always do the next... Half hour in case it's like runs low on. Sure. Now, usually not hockey because it's, well, you never know. So, and often those would be the news because it's like the game's going to be on from 7 till 10 and then right. whatever. So, I'm going through and I go, what's this? ABC 7 news, gone. What's well, this? Kimmel. I know, you know, I know Dana's, you know, she's asleep by right. then. She's not, she's, you know, doesn't dislike or like, she doesn't know about Kimmel. I go, what is this? ABC 7, 10 p.m. news. Kimmel. So Tuesday, Dana says, you didn't erase the end of the Oscars, did you? Uh-huh. I go, uh-oh, to myself. I said, oh, what are you talking about? Now, the Oscars didn't end till 1045. And, yeah. and that's when they, together, they give you the best actor, the best actress, and the best movie. Bam, bam, bam. Yeah. After three hours and 45 minutes. Yeah, and then, best editing and best right, uh, foreign right. film and all so, that stuff. I said, oh, no. Where's the doghouse? Yeah. I had eliminated the last... From 10 till 10.30, the news. Who wants it? Why do we record the news? Actually, and- one of the recorders, my recorder, it recorded till 10.30. It went 7 till 10.30 was the scheduled time, believe it or not. Okay, well, still. So you only missed the last 15 minutes, well, yeah, which was an important yeah, 15 maybe minutes. Maybe that's yeah. probably did the same thing. Sure. And then all of a sudden, it's over. She doesn't have any more, and she misses it. She, she didn't does- miss much. I watched the whole thing. It was this point. Don't when I say to too sleep. much about the Oscars. You could get in trouble. 
Oh, that's okay. All right. Uh, no political talk here. No. I'm just okay. saying, you know, there were, there were, the whole thing wasn't all that. I didn't think the movies were great. There were nine movies up, and I saw a couple of them, and I don't, you know, nothing wowed me. I saw the Winston Churchill, Dark Knight. That was very good, whatever. yeah. That was Darkest terrific. Hour. Darkest yeah. Hour. Uh, it was good. Mm-hmm. Uh, nothing was great. No. Yeah. yeah. Three billboards. How does it end? That's my How long story. is this segment right now? <laughs> what is the next commercial? The record show, that's the first time that, uh, what was his name again? Mar- uh, Brandon Marshall. <laughs> I was at Wilbur. You know, the record show, that's the first time he's come on twice in one show. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> I need a movie with a beginning, a middle, and an end. Well, well this is the me. end of this segment. Yeah. Murph and Fred, just a few minutes away from Bears Talk, back in a flash. We are ESPN 1000. For the next week, Fred looks pretty good. No snow, no rain in the forecast. For hopefully, the next hope, seven. hopefully, we can say the same thing when the Cubs and White Sox start uh-huh. playing baseball here in Chicago. The uh, overnight lows uh, will be no lower than about what 27, 28 degrees. We're going to be in the high 30s, low 40s all week. Sunny yeah. almost every every, yeah, every yeah, day. No rain. But last Saturday, we sat here. They've been horrible. We sat here last Saturday. It was weather. And then on Monday, I left for Nashville. But we sat here on Saturday, and you said, I think we broke an old, the old man winter's broke back. Broke the back of old man winter. And what did it do on Monday? It snowed three inches. I, but I said, not <laughs> snow. I'm talking about temperature. Okay. I didn't say that. Okay. I've learned. So all I was thinking about is no, I was no. driving down to beautiful Nashville, and they said, here in Chicago, three inches of snow. But it was like 30. Yeah, I know. Oh, no. Broken the back of old man. When, what's your famous uh, phrase about the weatherman I love so much? You got a lot of them, so maybe I'm catching you off guard. Yeah, well, you know, it, it's the only job that you can be wrong all the time, and, you know, nobody really gets mad. You always have to say, that if let's see, if you say it's going to be nice, it better be nice. But if you say there's a chance it might rain and it doesn't rain, they're always happy. Right. So Always happy. Yeah. Just say it's going to be bad. Yeah, and then if it's nice, everybody will be happy. Hey, hey, she was wrong. It's gorgeous out. But if you say it's going to be nice and it's not, yeah, you're in big trouble. Right. So uh, or get a job in Hawaii or San Diego where it's always the same. Just say it's going to be bad. Yeah, Uh I love this show. I love this show. I told Tracy the other day. I said, "You, Tracy." I said, "Tracy, you could always be a uh, you could always be a weather person in San Diego, where every day you come on and say, well, it's going to be uh, in the mid seventies and uh, beautiful out today." Back to you. So, last night, uh, the Bulls game comes on at 7. I uh, have it recorded, it, so it's, but I'm still live watching it at, right at 7 o'clock. Good old Channel 9. Our buddies Neil Funk and uh, uh, Stacey King. But before they come on, like at about two minutes after the top of the hour, about 7.02, uh-huh. they do a pre-recorded thing down in the truck, as uh, Harry used to say to Arnie Harris, down in the production room down there. And uh, they pull up the five, you know, this is recorded back before the season begins, and the right. players introducing themselves. So I'm watching live. I'm Fred Hoiberg, head coach of the Chicago Bulls, and here's my starting lineup for tonight's game. Chris Dunn, point guard, private college. Zach Levine, shooting guard, UCLA. Justin Holiday, shooting guard, University of Washington. Lowry Markham, power forward from University of Arizona. Bobby Portis, power forward, huh? University of Arkansas. All right, hold it. So... I watched that. I go, okay, Bobby Portis is playing. He's going to be starting uh, about a week ago. You know what Stacey King said? Bobby Portis is not a stretch five. 
Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't belong out there. He's not a five. Well, he was last night in the starting lineup. Well, last night he didn't belong anywhere. Right. So, oh, no, he was table one yeah. for ten, I believe. Uh -huh. So I turn away, do some other stuff. I'm recording it. I'm mean, okay, well, Bobby Portis is in the starting lineup. No, but now it's about the uh, middle of the Bulls lead after the first quarter. I see on the phone, 26-21, okay. And then I look at my phone to get, get the update. It's like the middle of the second quarter and uh, I turn the game on live and uh, it's uh, and then my phone's got the box score, running box score and it says, Bobby, uh, it says uh, uh, Lope, Rolo, Robin Lopez, uh -huh. 12 points. Uh, how did he have 12 points? He didn't start, and he's not in the game now. Yep. Well, turns out he did start. He did start, and all I was wondering, and we'll probably never find well, out. Well, we all have no idea. Was it just a snafu situation uh, normal? Or, or, in the truck, a snafu? Or did someone call and say, call up uh, Hoiberg? meaning John Paxson, and say, oh, no, 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 we got that agreement with the commissioner. You got to start Lopez. Lopez did start yeah. somewhere between, like, when the production crew was informed of the starting lineup, which could be 2, 3 in the afternoon. You never know. But they never explained. We have no idea there what happened. Uh, yeah, and, and the amazing thing is, and one of the other stories is that it was Holiday and Lopez, and they played in the first quarter, and that was it. 12 he minutes took, each. Took them out, never played them again. They were the only two guys, whether you like plus or minus or not, the only two pluses on the on the Bulls last night, they both had plus five, because they, they played the game, it was plus five when they left after a one. That's right. So everybody else had a bunch of minuses. So, Fred, I finally figured out the new draft. The way to draft where, uh, you know, and I know everyone's tired of it. We took a survey. Nobody uh, nobody wants to know about it. But everyone's uh, everyone's saying there's no way to do it. So the uh, Zach Lowe, ESPN NBA expert, was on the other day. For the most part, these teams have, have tried to be semi-competitive. It's only now in the last six weeks when their fate is clear and they just happen to be so jumbled that I think because of the jumbling, we're going to see some ugliness. But look, there's no... There's no way to fix a tanking problem if you have a reverse order draft where the worst teams get the best shot at the best pick. Of course. There's no way to fix it if there's a reverse draft. Fred, I've heard everything from you and I. Uh, we stole yeah. from Len Casper two, three years ago. He's, uh, you know, if you're not in the playoffs, then you get one ball. One or, ping you know, pong ball, that's all you need. If you're not in the playoffs. Yeah, I'm still with that. Okay, but here. Now, I just handed you a copy. Yeah. This would be called... Like a bell's curve. I think a lot of people know shaped like a bell. Yeah. Or if they want to make it easier, like if a python just ate a rabbit and it's in the middle of his gut, is skinny on each end and big in the middle, that's a bell's curve. So I'm thinking, how do you do this? And I finally figured this out. If you finish first or 30th, okay. you get one ball. Uh huh. Second or 29th, you get two balls. Just like it sounds. Three, third place, or third from the bottom, you get three balls. And it works its way to if you're right at 15, 14, 16, you get those, you get those many balls. 15, 16, 14 balls. And what it does, it, it forms a cool little uh, dull right. curve. Yep. So what it does is, it's so simple, it gives you incentive if you're in the bottom to work your way up. And it doesn't give you much incentive if you're near the top to drop one or two slots. You know, I'm going to drop from seventh to eighth. You know, you one more ball. Yeah. It's so simple, it just might work. It's a possibility. It's actually, the more you think about it, the better it is. It is. Yeah. Well, show it to Eric. 
You don't like nothing. We'll show Aaron during the break. We'll yeah, let him. It's not bad. Yeah. It's a, I, I still, curve. I still dislike, and I, you know, I, I know this is what, you know, you're basing on other things, but I just like the yeah. guys that don't make the playoffs all get one ping pong ball. Because you're, you're, you want to make the playoffs. Maybe not. There might be a team in eight that says we're going to get, we're going to get killed by the Warriors or Houston or we're going to get killed by Cleveland. But you're still going to get the money and there's yeah. no guarantee if you only get one ping pong ball. if they ball, fall so. back one, they're going to get uh, one out of the remaining uh, 18 or whatever it is, ball. Yep. That's enough tanking talk. But Thank God. So <laughs> My idea is so good it just won't work. Yeah, I don't want to talk about it. Every week we've, we've, we have to because <laughs> more things come up. About it, and it's uh, frustrating. The How league. long is this segment yeah. right now? What is the next commercial? <laughs> yeah. What were our results? And we'll have those when we return. And Dan Shaka is the inside expert on college uh, scouting. Talk little bears and more when we return for our number three. Mike Murphy, Fred Hubner. It's ESPN 1000. OurLads.com, the great, great college scouting uh, guys. We'll see what the Bears uh, might be looking, uh, what they have out there, and uh, how. Maybe we'll figure out right here with Dan in a minute what will happen. I see a lot. Oh, of, we always figure out what will happen until it doesn't. I see a lot. And then of something else happens. Trading down. Uh, let's let's bring in what were the results? Uh, EO11 uh, for our Twitter poll. Jordan uh, Howard of the Bears uh, as the lead running back. A well, is good enough to win, but dot dot dot. B bad hands must upgrade. C he's reliable and cheap. No, I'm not. That's that, why I'm here. I'm not holding the mirror up. Yeah, that's why I'm here. <laughs> reliable and cheap. Let's let's. Oh, our uh, 11 o'clock uh, Twitter poll question vote right now. We'll ask Dan. The Bears should draft a quarterback somewhere in the seven rounds. A, definitely need quarterback depth. B, no way. They got a lot of other needs. They don't need a quarterback right now. Let's go to ourlads.com. Let's say hello to Dan Shaka. Now on ESPN 1000 in Chicago with Murph and Fred. Murph here. Hey, Dan. Hey, gentlemen. How you doing today? We're doing great. You're the busy... You're busier than the old one-armed paper hanger, wallpaper hanger. This time of year, everything's popping at our lads. I was uh, on your website, and you got something, you guys, at ourlads.com uh, called the uh, Mock Draft Challenge or something. Can Fred win a lot? Can Fred enter? Is he eligible here to enter, Fred Hubner? Absolutely. You guys uh, can get that 500 bucks. It's wide open to everybody out there, so... Uh, anybody, and, and we've had, uh, in fact, funny, we gave out, uh, a rings the first couple of years that, you know, they had the option of getting the ring with your favorite team's logo yeah. and different stuff on it. And there was so much gold in there that we had to stop doing it because <laughs> they could go cash the ring in and get more than 500 bucks. But anyway, <laughs> that was kind of funny that, uh, but most people wanted the cash anyway, so. And uh, what's uh, 30 uh, seconds or less? Tell us about the uh, Mock Draft Challenge at our lands. What's that all about? Oh, oh, yeah. Well, fans can go on there, and they can uh, they actually put their own mock draft up there through seven rounds. They can just do a first round if they want, but they can also put comments. 
you know, if they like uh, – why they like this guy for the Bears or why they think that this guy is going to go first, second, or third. So, yeah, there's a lot of things to do there uh, on the mock draft challenge. And I think last year we had about seven or 800 people play, so it was uh, quite popular. Cool. Visiting quick is a busy guy, Dan Schunk at Our Lads. Uh, he's the uh, general manager there, national scout. How about this, Fred? Four decades, player personnel. He's worked for the Philadelphia Eagles, Washington Redskins, Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, what haven't you, where haven't you been, for goodness sakes, Dan? <laughs> USFL. Believe it or not, I could have. Uh, I had I turned down a couple other jobs there that Eastern. But I could have had. I could have been uh, yeah. with all the teams in the East there, the NFC East. But uh, but anyway, uh, I tell you what, um, it very popular at our lads uh, with all the uh, things going on. The full service uh, draft site, I guess you'd say. So, but hey, you can go see our college depth charts, all the pro depth charts. We got uh, the free agents up there in red for the for the pros uh, and everything. So you can go to your bear, uh, go to the bear uh, uh, depth chart, and you can see uh, the guys that probably won't be around long since they're in red now. Yeah, there's a good possibility with a lot of those guys. That and, and the Cleveland Browns just keep making moves. And Murph, we, we were talking about this earlier. Maybe what the Cleveland Browns have been doing could be actually good for the Bears. There could be people available. What do you think about with the Browns making deals and picking up a quarterback? Do you think they might still go for a QB in the first couple, uh, first or fourth pick? Yes. Yeah, I think that uh, Tyrod Taylor is the veteran they were probably looking for instead of maybe uh, signing the McCarran or somebody like that. They they get a veteran quarterback in there that doesn't turn the ball over, and he doesn't, and uh, and then they can bring along a backup, uh, you know, graft a guy this year and then develop him and not throw him right to the wolves uh, at the start, which I think would be a smart move. So, yeah, I think a quarterback's still in play in one and four. Uh, Dan, the uh, way it's shaking out now, uh, if, and that's always the big if, if four quarterbacks, and the Bears are number eight, if the uh, four quarterbacks do all fall, and I think everybody knows we're talking about the Donaldson, uh, Josh Allen, Rosen, and uh, and the uh, Baker uh, Mayfield. Well, Mayfield, yep. Mayfield, Rosen, uh, Darnold, and Rosen. Yep. Okay. And many people, I don't know uh, if you guys have uh, Mayfield still in the top or falling, but the point is if you're the Bears sitting number eight, and you're not going to draft a quarterback, obviously, after Mitch Trubisky number one uh, round. Would, would uh, if three or four of these quarterbacks go, the Bears are going to have their pick, and you have to figure that Chubb will go and uh, running back uh, uh, Barkley will go. The Bears are going to be looking at one of these four or five guys, Fred and and Dan. They're going to be looking at Fitzpatrick, a DB out of Alabama, Edmonds, linebacker Vatek. Quentin Nelson, uh, the uh, guard. Oh, can't take a guard in the first round. Uh, Denzel Ward, a cornerback, Ohio State. I think the fans here don't want to see a wide receiver after what we've done the first round and uh, Kelvin Ridley starting to drop. Point is, it's good for the Bears not needing a quarterback and sitting number eight if four quarterbacks go early, right? Oh, absolutely. Then I, you know, another guy I met, didn't mention is, is, uh, you know, some some uh, teams out there would possibly like Josh Allen in there. So, uh, you know, I think that uh, you really uh, it's going to help the Bears, like you said. Somebody because everybody's going crazy for quarterbacks, and so they're going to get up and try to trade 
uh, up as high as they can get if they if they got a guy targeted that they really you know want. But hey, right now uh, you know if if you don't say these quarterbacks say only a couple go up at the top, um, that means they're going to filter through the rest of the draft and uh, some people can go that are at the top of the draft can go in the second round hmm. and move up and you know and get those guys. So. Um, but anyway, I think that uh, yeah, you're right. It's gonna it's good for the Bears because they they keep saying, hey, keep taking them quarterbacks. You don't take take five of them up above us, you know. So then they'll really have some picks. But I think mm-hmm. you know uh, the Denzel Ward kid out of Ohio State uh, would be a really good pick. He's an outstanding, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, really, I mean, he can run. He's probably the best of the Ohio State corners and defensive backs that have come out the last few years. Better than Lattimore? Yeah, he's pretty good. Yes, I can see Lattimore only really played a year. Yeah, and Ward's been there, and uh, he's he's played longer, and uh, he's faster, and he's got been so you know. And look what kind of year Lattimore had. Yeah, down at New Orleans. So yeah, I think uh, Ward is a little better. What back to the quarterbacks for one more thing? You've been around this game long enough. You've seen drafts. Are these quarterbacks? good enough to be drafted in the top 10 because so many times teams they say they're going to draft the best player available and then they see they need a quarterback and they're going to go and grab one instead and it turns out that they're nothing what you know it takes them for years and years before they uh develop or they don't develop at all do you think these four quarterbacks um and including mayfield five do you think they're good enough to go in the top 10 the top half of the draft no I don't. I, I think two. I, there's probably three of them that I would throw out. Uh, I mean, I think Jackson is a developmental guy. We didn't even talk about him, but right. he's a developmental guy. I think Josh Allen is a developmental guy and shouldn't go in the top half of the draft. And um, you know, and I, I, I'm not a Sam Darnold fan either. I think you know Sam's like a cow on ice at times. And here's <laughs> a guy that threw, or, or you know, 37. He turned the ball over 37 times in 26 games, Oof. and I just can't understand what uh, people are waving a flag for this guy because I mean he may, he's not good in the pocket. His feet are, are all over the place, like I said, like a cow on ice. And uh, I just it's just uh, well, hey, like if I was pick if I was the Bears, I might say, hey, I hope somebody picks him. You know, sure, sure, sure. Yeah, that's the way it goes. Visiting uh, yeah. for a quick minute on a busy uh, Saturday for the guys at our lands, Dan Shanka. All right, Dan, you've been doing this, as your bio says, for a long, long time. How do you uh, feel about the statement? Everybody says the statement. You can't draft a guard, you know, in the high in the first round. Everybody loves Quentin Nelson. I, I believe, you. you know what, if you're trying to develop a quarterback, Trubisky, you know what? Why not try to get the line settled long term? Get a couple big guys. People are saying he's going to wear the gold jacket. You know, in twenty years, a Hall of Fame type guard. Uh, but in the, philosophically, before you quick talk about him specifically, what do you think of that old uh, axiom? Never draft a guard. Uh, you know, in the early. Well, no, I think you draft a football player. He happens to be a guard that's a very good guard. And to me, you you don't pass Pro Bowl players. All right, and uh, this guy is a, a Pro Bowl, and like you said, maybe who knows a Hall of Fame guy if he stays healthy. So that's the way I look at. It. Just like Barkley, people are saying, "Well, hey, you don't take a running right. back the first pick of the draft." Barkley's a weapon, 
he's not a, just a running back. I mean, this guy has got the best hands maybe in the draft. He also can you put him all over a formation. I mean, he is a weapon, okay? So get rid of the you know running back. Same way with uh, Nelson. He is an outstanding player. And um, I'm not so sure that he's even going to make it to the Bears. Because I'll tell you, mm. a guy that loves big people, and, and, you know, in New York it might not be overly popular, but i tell you, Dave Gettleman, I know, loves Quentin Nelson. And he loves Barkley, and he might not see Barkley, but he, he likes the, the heck out of uh, Nelson. So if he's there at eight, I think that he's gobbled up by the Bears. And I don't hey, he's not a sexy pick. Because everybody likes all that other splash and dash, but you know what? That's where you win the games in the in the line. And of course, his Notre Dame line coach Harry Heist. I'm sure yep. you know Harry over the years, right? Yep. He's, he's with yep. the Bears now. How much input? And I'm sure a lot. Don't get me wrong, but how much will they rely? They being the general manager at the Bears, pace you know on the scouting report directly on him, uh, Nelson and McClitchy from uh, the, his line coach. Right. Well, that's, you know, you can't get any better than having a guy that coached them, you know, for the last few years and things. So I think that, um, and they, uh, he, I, I mean, I'm sure that he's going to be waving the flag for him. But mm-hmm. now here's the other thing. There's going to be another sticking point in there, too, because, you know, Denver at five needs a, uh, you know, needs help in the offensive line. And their offensive line coach, ironically enough, mm-hmm. now, uh, Sean Kugler, he has the other guard, Hernandez, who's a little, you know, rated lower in the draft, uh, you know, later in the first or early second. So, uh, is he going to be willing to pull the trigger, you know, on Nelson at, uh, at the fifth pick in the draft? So, hmm. um, or Elway or, you know, whatever. But so, I mean, I, I tell you what, there's not a sure thing that Nelson's going to make it to eight. Wow. Last thing, then we'll spring you. So, Trades. I, I know what screws up all the mocks is you never know where the <laughs> trades are coming. Yeah, you laugh because you know you go through this yeah. every year. Then they go, well, you had a bad mock. Well, I didn't know there were going to be three. I see a lot of <laughs> trading down. It looks to me like there's going to be trading all over the place more than ever normal in the top maybe 10 or certainly in the top 32. Here's my Bears question real quick. So if four quarterbacks go, Chubb goes, uh, running back Barkley goes. There's, there's six right there. The, bowl, the Bears sit in eight. So if they got five, six guys they like and they're three away, I see the Bears very likely trading down. How far would you trade down? How tough is it to do? What would you expect if you were the Bears that someone knocked on your door over the phone at the last minute draft day for the number eight pick? What would you do? What? It depends if my guy, you know, like I said, if my guy is there on draft day mm-hmm. and uh, we can assure that we're going to get him, you know, uh, if by trading down, say, three spots. But let's say there's three pick, or four, excuse me, let's say there's three or four guys and you like them all equally. That's what I'm saying. Right. Then then you could trade down and, mm-hmm. and get your guy and okay. still pick up maybe a second-round pick. Gotcha. Ourlads.com. Join the uh, mock draft and all the excitement over at our lads. I'm going to spring you. You got 35 interviews on a busy Saturday, I understand. <laughs> I hope you have some water and some coffee. I do. Hey, guys, it's always great being with you. Thanks a billion. And uh, go looking forward to our next chat. Gotcha. Thanks, Dan. Thanks, Dan. Dan Shaka. Bye bye. Over at our lads. Busiest guy in town. Yep. Wow. Well, and it'll get only busier until the draft comes up. And this year it's down in Dallas, and they're all excited about uh, doing it at AT&T at, at the stadium and everything else like that. It'll be crazy. This will be an exciting draft because no one, 
you look at like pull up 10 mock drafts from 10 quote unquote experts. They're all over. The, everyone's yeah. so radically different. Well, and he mentioned the Giants, and, and there are people that want the Giants to go on out and get a quarterback to replace Eli Manning. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I, I like he said, I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, they have so many other possibilities. They can grab a, you know, they can grab Barkley. They can gr- grab Chubb. They can grab a lot of different players. And I'm really interested to see what the Giants do. The Browns, they're they've been they've been working busy. Three trades, a couple trades yesterday, signing players and stuff like that. So this will be fun. Let's take a look at the 10:30 uh, results of our Twitter poll. Very interesting. Uh, question was Jordan Howard as the Bears lead back A, B, or C. He's good enough to win, but. B, bad hands, they should upgrade. C, reliable and cheap, keep them. No real surprise here, Fred. 58% reliable and cheap, keep them. That's as Dan Jiggins used to say, damning with faint praise. Yeah. Uh, you know what? You know, Bears fans fall in love with their running backs really quickly. Because I would have gone with bad hands, should upgrade. Uh, especially was, in the that, new offense. That, excuse me, that came in last. Yeah, I know. Especially <laughs> in the new offense that they're mm-hmm. going to be running with, you know, uh, with Nagy and uh, oh. with Helfrich coming in. And you need your running back to catch the ball. And there's nothing that's going to be more frustrating than game one of the Bears season when there's a swing pass to Jordan Howard. Oh. He looks upfield and drops the ball. Yeah. So, I mean, I you know, he's done well when you hand him the ball, but he can't. He can't catch it. And, uh, you right. know, how long are you going to put up with that? That'd be the new statistic, uh, loss of rack. Yeah. Yeah, definitely loss of rack. In fact, the uh, phrase uh, I wrote it down here, uh, the offense the Bears will be running, uh, Patrick Finley a couple uh, weeks ago called it the West Coast Spread Hybrid Scheme. There you go. <laughs> we'll find out what that is. That sounds long enough, longer than some of the plays they'll call. When the, yeah. <laughs> right. You can see him barking that out in the huddle, right? West Coast spread, hybrid scheme on three. Hey! Yep. Okay, they didn't break last year. Remember, they're all over the board. That was in the paper. Uh-huh. Yeah, they didn't know how to break because they didn't care. Yep. A lot of them, and who would last year? And our 11 a.m. Murph and Fred fan focus group Twitter poll right now. Voting is active. Bears should draft a quarterback. A, definitely need a quarterback somewhere in the draft. They need depth. And B, no way. They have a lot of other needs. Right, let's start a little bit of my favorite game. The average game. Okay. Now there's the game. There's a million games. But no one claims and boasts like we do about the average game. Omar, if I want just an average game, we want a good game. Like hot take. Uh huh. Warm take. Cold take. We want not an average. Well, no, it's not an average. It's a great game that's about averages. Right. We're going to play the average game. We have some questions here. Fred and I will each give our uh, number answer, and then uh, we'll we'll try to average them out in our head. We usually used to bring in Eric, but I figured out we it's too hard to do three numbers at once, Eric. To We're, average them out, you I get a lot of you get a lot of percent, you know, points. Yeah, yeah. yeah but it takes like too long. Uh-huh. All right, but uh, okay. Number one, Fred. How many of the Bears' seven picks in the draft? They have round one, two, four, four. Five, six, seven. They have two fours and not a three. So they have the full allotment, the normal allotment of seven. How many of the Bears' seven picks will be on the offensive side of the ball? Okay, you and I will come up with a number. So that we don't, you know, sway the jury, as we say. We'll say it simultaneously. 
and then we'll average it out and see how close we are after drafting. Let me know when you're ready. I'm ready. Okay. How many of the Bears' seven draft picks will be on the offensive side of the ball on the count of three? One, two, three. Four. Three. I had three, and I changed my mind because they're an offense, going to be an offensive team. Their defense, so maybe they'll go out and sign a few guys. Okay, either. so we averaged out to three and, three and a half. half. I had a, because uh, I love the O-line, I had a wide receiver, and I had a tight end, which I didn't think they were going to go after, but now they're, was it Sims they didn't bring back, even though they had Shaheen last year. Right. I'm thinking a sixth or seventh round, a tight end might sneak in there, but you had four. You must have had the O-line as one of them. Yeah, definitely the O-line, maybe another running back later in it, oh. uh, wide receiver. Wide receiver. Yeah, and okay. uh, heck, maybe two O-line guys. Oh, I'd love that. Yeah, so would I. Next. Grab one in the fifth or sixth round. White Sox rookie last year. Designated hitter, third base, first base. Matt Davidson was third in rookie home runs in baseball with 26 behind Aaron Judge with 52 bombs and Corey Bellinger, belly, at the Dodgers with 39. White Sox rookie DH, third base, uh, Matt Davidson, third in rookie homers in baseball last year with 26. You see this one coming. How many this year for Matt Davidson? Here's where we can't have Eric because his number is going to be big numbers. We could have had Eric. Eric, what did you have on the, did you have one on the uh, first one? I was actually going to say five. Oh, well, that would have been great. Three, four, I five. Know, I know. Easier to average yeah. that way. The one in the yeah. middle. Uh-huh. Okay. But this one. We're going to have enough trouble, I think, with just two people. All right, Fred, how many home runs for third in the league for rookies last year? Home runs, Matt Davidson had 26. Okay. You ready? Uh-huh. Count of three. One, two, three. 29. 17. Whoa, we're not close. No. Nope. 29, 17. That should be easy. That's two, 32, that's 15, that's 16. 16? No, 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 no. No. 16. <laughs> this should be. All right. They're 12 apart. They had six. 23. 23. Okay. Right. You were right. I'm yeah. sorry. Okay. Morton, yeah. Morton East. They taught us math. Well, <laughs> you might have went uh, through the class, but I didn't know the class went through you. you know? I grew up in Cicero. There's not too much I believe in unless I see it. Yep. Okay. So you have Matt Davidson hitting more. Yeah. Homers. Yeah, because he didn't start right off the bat. That's last true. Year. That's yeah, true. So now he's gonna now he's gonna be in the lineup a little bit more. And there were stretches where hmm. Ricky Renteria didn't trust him against certain guys, and I yeah. think this year he's gonna give him the more opportunities. So see, he's I, a, he's a lot of home run or nothing, and oh, he's, he is. he's gonna have to change that. But you know, uh, we see home run or nothing works pretty well for a lot of these. See, guys. I don't know if he's gonna get the uh, abs. The only right. reason I downgraded him. Uh, he had 450. I don't know if I wrote down ABs or plate appearances. I don't. See, I see him getting fewer. Okay. This year, only because of a number of reasons. Not saying injury or anything, but that'll be interesting. 29 for Fred Upton. Three. I dropped him from 26 to 17. The average game, 23. Got a few more, but we're up against the clock. Uh, back and I'm trying to play the pizza game too. If we have time at the oh, end. Oh, we All gotta right? play the pizza oh, game. Oh, people love the pizza game. Murph and Fred back in a flash, and we'll have the results. Of the uh, what the what the fans say, let's do it right now. You eleven catching you off guard if you have it. Bears should draft a QB uh, in the uh, seven uh, picks. Definitely, they need a, a depth 
or B, no way, they need a lot of other needs. What do the fans proclaim? The fans, 73% of the fans proclaimed that no, the Bears have way too many needs. Okay. I'm sorry, what was it? Was the question to draft a quarterback at all? Should the Bears draft a quarterback? Yeah, they, they should. You got yes. They should draft a quarterback somewhere. Wow. I didn't mention him, but they should draft a quarterback all somewhere. Right. They Seven, need another guy. 73% say you're wrong again. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Don't tell me Mark Sanchez is their backup quarterback. Murph and Fred after this ESPN 1000. to go. Thanks for spending some time with us. No, not not this early in the morning. No day drinking allowed. That's all you get in Nashville, day drinking. You were there, yeah. I was in Nashville this weekend, uh, this week, <laughs> uh, celebrating actually my wife's birthday. She had her birthday. We celebrated on Thursday night at, uh, yeah. at a place called The Listening Room and had a chance to go listen to music in Nashville. That was fun. One of the Plus, coolest downtowns ever. Plus, <laughs> and we got people from Nashville walking Those across. Those would be Nashvillians. Yes. Uh, not villains. You're not villains. You're <laughs> Nashvillians. Walking right across uh, in front of us here at the State Street Studio. But uh, mm-hmm. we also went to a place, and we got when we get to the pizza, yeah. went to a place called 312 Pizza. Nice. From area code Chicago. They're from, they're Chicago all, Pizza. They're from Chicago. Nice. The water's a little different, I think, in uh, in Nashville. Didn't taste right. No, everything was good except the crust. Crust was yeah, a little harder right. than usual. So San Francisco, only there can they make the uh, oh, and, bread. What's and, it called? The uh, Sourdough. Sourdough, yes. Yeah, Thank and, you. And, and, and bagels in New York uh-huh. are different than everywhere else. Stroh's beer could only be made in Detroit oh. because they use Detroit River water. Oh, my oh. God. Is, is that what it was? Because yeah, I love oh, yeah. Stroh's. That's what, in Detroit... They called Stroh's Detroit River water. Okay. Stroh's, yeah. was, Stroh's was our go-to back in it the early cheap. seven or mid-70s. Yeah, and of course, uh, it was fine until someone said, you know, Stroh's spelled backwards is shorts. Shorts. Yeah. yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. People don't even know what Stroh's is. They don't even oh. Eric, do you even know what we're talking about? Eric's never heard of Stroh's. I have not heard of Stroh's. I've drank a lot of cheap beers, and Stroh's is not one of them. K-Y, know your audience, Fred. No one knows what Stroh's is. Listen, I know a lot of... my one buddy. I brought it up. Yeah, my buddy Bob (laughs) is out there, and Bob and I drank a lot of Stroh's. Bob backwards is a Bob. (laughs) All right. uh, Vote right now. Our 1130 uh, Twitter uh, question is... uh, Spring training baseball statistics... And the results of the games are A, meaningless, or B, mean a lot. All right? Vote okay. now. Spring training baseball stats and standings mean nothing, mean mean a lot. Uh, I have one quick thing before we go yes. back to the uh, average game. Eric, this little miss a lot. Fred, you listened to me for 25 years. The real, okay, I heard some expert again say it this week. The end talking about the NBA draft and all that and the tanking and all that. They go, the real, the only re- the main reason, the main reason for the draft is to uh, aid uh, the poor, bad, losing teams. In other words, uh, help promote parity. That's the reason for the draft. Okay. Eric, you've been listening for a while here. Of, uh, you know why that's true or not true? What do you think? You've been listening to Omar? I mean, I think that's, I know you have your, your varying opinion. 
on why the draft originally started, but I think that's why it's maintained is because they uh, want okay. parity across sports. Okay, but what was the real reason? Your reason has to no, do... No, 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 not my reason. The real reason. George Halas invented it in 1938. Okay, the reason is because they don't want all the teams bidding for all these incoming rookies. Yeah, right. one guy. Yes, they don't right. want a huge bidding war. George Halas... Uh, Pay for the course. See, you you, uh, you don't have to take any more classes. You've passed the test. Uh, the guy's, right, I'm leaving. The guy's <laughs> name was, uh, I don't want to run the board. Uh, the uh, main reason was a guy named Jay Burwanger. And remember this. So whenever they start telling you about the draft in any sport, the reason was, remember old man Stalzer? My Donna neighbor, old man Stolzer, it's always about the money. George Hallis, there was about 10 teams only in the NFL, 1938, whatever. They had no draft. The number one guy on the board was Jay Burwanger, a all-purpose running back right here from University of Chicago. When what the, a maroon. When the maroons had a team. And George Hallis, all the teams wanted him. They're all calling him up. We'll give you 10 grand a year. Yeah. The Eagles call him. We'll give you 11 grand. The New York Giants, we'll give you 14 grand. George Hallis called all the other owners in cahoots, illegally conspiring, uh, antitrust laws out the window. Oh, you guys, forget about it. We're not getting in a bidding war with ourselves. What are right. we, goofy? Let's invent something called the draft. And uh, only one team can call Jay Burwanger, and that'll be the Philadelphia Eagles. Right. And uh, don't offer more than ten grand. <laughs> Boom. That's what happened. Then they made a trade with the Bears. The Bears got Jay Burwanger, and you know what he told George Hallis? Stuff it. I'm not playing any football. I got a job on the table right now for 20 grand with, uh, you know, whoever had the, the deal on the table with back then. Uh, yeah. Private industry. Yeah. So that's the reason for the draft. Jay was the Heisman Trophy winner, was he not? Uh, Jay Beerwanger was. Yes, In he 1935. Was. Yeah. Okay. And that was another Murph moment. All right, let's go back to the average game. Fred, it's not just a game that's average. It's about averages. All right, number three. Really, it's just a ruse to get to play Plink Plank. Do you like Plink Plank, everybody? Crank it up, Eric. It's a Jonathan Hood toe tapper. It's not bad. All right. The Bulls have 17 games remaining, Fred. Got to pick out the average here. Pick out the number. We'll average it out. The Bulls have 17 games remaining. How many games will Rolo, Robin Lopez, start? Okay. Now, he started last night, one in the starting lineup. Obviously, John Paxson heard from the commissioner last couple of weeks, gone called up. Hoiberg and said, you got to start Lopez. Just play him 12 minutes. It, it really looked even worse for the league. Fred, yeah, it looks terrible. By what the they did. Yeah. They're winning 26-21 at the end of the first period. They take him and Holiday out of the game. And never put him back in. Rollo was four for four with nine points, including yep. the three-pointer, right, that he launched. Yep. Unbelievable. How many of the 17 remaining games... Well, Robin Lopez, start. Count of three. One, two, three. Ten. Nine. Okay. All right. Nine and a half, that would be. Uh, they... <laughs> Thank you very much. I'm actually from Cicero, too. So. At, I know. At first, I thought you were going to ask how many ah. how many games of the remaining 17 will the Bulls win. And I, no. I had a number for that one already, too. Zero? No, no. It was, oh. it was, it was We five. won't have time, but let the record show. If you're really interested in behind-the-scenes sports. Check out on your schedule. Remember the old pocket schedule? Yep. Check out on your schedule online. Now it just goes to your phone. Pull it up. Pull it up. And it's uh, pants on the floor. Pants on. Remember that song? Pants on the floor. All right. Pull it up. Bull schedule. 
Eric, you know what games uh, both play 82? You know what game number 80 and game number 81 are? I believe they play the Brooklyn Nets. For home one and home. Back-to-back, home, back, oh, home and home. Oh, home and home. Okay. Ooh. One there, one here, one here, one there, whatever. They played them once earlier. You usually play four in your own division conference, rather two in the other conference. Cork in the schedule. They just played them once early, way back early, and two coming up. Point is, Fred, I know you're an expert at the reverse uh, uh, tank of, sch- tank of uh-huh. schedule or whatever it's called. Tank-a-thon. Tankathon. Yep, got my results right here for the Tankathon. All right, well, here's what's interesting, everybody. Game 80 and Game 81, the Bulls play back-to-back with the Brooklyn Nets. In the upside-down schedule right now, fighting for the uh, seventh. There's, there's only seven great players in the draft. That's, say, what the, that's what the draft experts tell us. Then number eight, you dropped out like an elevator ten floors. So eight is nothing. Seven up, you're going to get someone good. So the Bulls are in eighth. And just above them, either in seventh or sixth. Sixth and seventh are Sacramento and Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Right. And it's like a game and a half. Right? Yep. Mm -hmm. All right. So think about this, everybody. You want to think the commissioner's going to be in a hot seat now. Wait till this happens. Games 80 and 81. The Bulls, let's say it stays the same, will be a game and a half behind the team in seventh place, Brooklyn. And they play them twice in a row. Tank them both. Bulls, and you jump up to the prime top seven instead of the bad eight slot. It's amazing the way this is going to work out. It is, and Brooklyn's pick is not their own. It goes to the Cleveland uh, Cavaliers. So, oh, that's even more interesting. Yeah, there's no reason. There's no reason for Brooklyn to tank. So they should go on out there and play hard. So the team Brooklyn, the Bulls will play game eight and eighty-one. They have no quote-unquote vested interest. No, it's the Cavaliers. Right. That get the pick, yeah. top seven, or if the Bulls lose both, it could be they fall to eight and the Bulls leapfrog. Yep, could happen. What happens if the owner, now here, conspiracy theory, my middle name, what if the Cavs owner calls the Brooklyn Nets owner, says, hey, I'll, I'll put $5 million in your gift box. No one will know about it. Uh-huh. Tell your guys. Your coach, don't play anybody. Right. And tank them both, then I get the seventh pick. They would never know. The commissioner would never know if that was an under the table $5 million payoff. Well, they've already, um, they, about two weeks ago, it was the fourth pick. So they've already gotten it worse for the uh, Brooklyn Nets. Brooklyn was sitting as high as fourth worst. Yeah. Yeah. Now they've slid to seventh. Now they've slid, yeah, sixth and seventh. What's the commissioner going to do in games 80 and 81 when there's a game and a half separating the Bulls' eighth place, the Nets' seventh place? It's not even their pick. And what happens if one of the two teams uh, tanks better? Is that proper? Tanks better than the other team. I I think what's going to happen is the commissioner will go on vacation before the playoffs. Yeah. It's he will amazing. be. He'll be out of town. You'll you'll call the commissioner uh, Adam Silver's office. Adam Silver's office. <laughs> uh, no, he has uh, stepped away from the office for a few days. He'll be back once the playoffs begin. Don't you think the Bulls have looked ahead to games eighty one and eighty and eighty one? John Paxson has well, looked ahead. Has. Of I don't he think, has. I don't think that Hoiberg or Rolo or any of the other guys have. But yeah. I think Paxson, oh, yeah. they know well because there's a world of difference. Seventh, top seven, and then as the elevator drops down. You got, you know. Dregs down there. Can I tell you something though? Eighth. You're you're trusting in both football and basketball, you're trusting the experts oh, too I'm, much. 
<laughs> Thank you. All day today, you've trusted the NFL experts yeah. too much, and now you're trusting the NBA oh, yeah. experts. Because you know what's going to happen? Someone that the, If the Bulls draft uh, eighth, someone 10th or 12th or 15th is going to be a stud. All right. I mean, this year, there's a guy that's 21st and a guy that's 16th, I think, that went last year. And nobody thought that. They're the two best rookies, not one through seven. So I still you like never my, know. I like my angle of the Cleveland. Oh, your angle's great. No, no, the better one, the Cleveland owner. Yeah. Calling up the Brooklyn owner and saying, how would you like five? Or ten million dollars in a gift bag under your uh, in your front door tomorrow morning. Yeah. Make sure your GM tells the coach to uh, blow these two games. I want the top. I want the seventh pick, yeah. not the eighth pick. My thing is, I don't give any Jerry, of the experts. Jerry ain't gonna call up uh, Brooklyn and offer ten million, is he? I don't give any of the experts <laughs> any credit. I listen to them all, and then we'll wait and see what happens on draft day because there's no you can't predict crazy. And that's what all these teams get when it comes to draft day. Oh, Crazy. Swami Murph. I predict. Yeah. I predict we'll be back after a quick break. Last chance. Vote right now. Spring training baseball stats and results. A, mean nothing. B, they do mean a lot. Vote now at ESPN 1000. I smell pizza. <laughs> Murph and Fred on the home stretch. Glad you're with us. Uh, let's see here, Fred. We're active on a uh, Twitter poll question this half hour. Can't wait to see what the fans say. Spring training baseball. It was multiple choice. Well, the statistics and the standings and the results, A, they mean absolutely nothing. B, well, they mean quite a lot, if you know how to look uh-huh. at them. Uh, what do you think the fans saying is, Fred? I'm a little... Uh, I think they're going to no... say 70% they mean nothing. Okay. We all know it's 100%. Uh-huh. Let's see what the fans say. Uh, let's bring in EO11. What do we got there, Eric? 85% believe that the spring training stats and results mean nada. That's true. Yeah. You talk to anybody true. that's in baseball as a profession, scouts... They'll tell you the same thing. Yeah, but those numbers he had were in September. Right. They mean. Why? Well, we've heard that about Lucas Giolito and about huh? uh, Yohan Moncada. Those numbers were in September. And a lot not, of. No, I'm sorry, not Giolito, uh, Fulmer. Last and week. I guess it's not that we're going to the uh, tanking topic, but in baseball teams can bring up extra players in September from the minors, and they a lot of times you're facing double A, triple A yeah. guys. So, in fact, what's also interesting is uh, inside baseball guys and professional scouts. They'll also tell you April doesn't mean a lot either. Now, it's nothing to do with September because people aren't calling up double-A, triple-A pitchers in April. You right. got your set 25. But things are just weird in April. Yeah, You can't judge a guy what he did in April and certainly not well, in especially, September. Yeah, especially with the weather, too. Some There, yeah. there are a lot of the players. And mm-hmm. uh, to, to be honest, a lot of the White Sox... Um, players from the Dominican and that can't stand playing. Uh, Jose Abreu yeah. is miserable. He he's he said right. it. I don't like playing in the beginning no. of the season. It's too cold. They've never done it. Yeah, they've never done it. Now they have, now they have to go to places like Kansas City in April. In fact, I heard someone a player who was it was back on, in March. Kansas City. Someone was on our air this week. A baseball Cubs or Sox, and is it. Yeah, it was so cold here the first week. We, we, I could hardly stand it yeah. down in there because remember it was in the fifties. Right, and so there you yeah, go. Yeah, just wait. Yeah, wait till <laughs> opening day in Kansas City on March twenty eighth, 9th. The uh, Cubs at least are indoor, or not indoors, they're but under, they're in Miami. That's 40. indoors, isn't it? I think so. Whatever, it'll, it'll be fine. Uh, I think it can't. Well, I'm not no, even it's sure. A dome. 
Yeah, it's it's, yeah. Mm-hmm. in Miami. And with, the Sox, with the beautiful Sox open work, Kansas, Kansas City. Mm. That's like the fifteenth uh, warmest of the fifteen where you can open up. All right, uh, hey, do we have any uh, pizza music back there? E eleven. We find that people love a few minutes of our. We love pizza. Our pizza questions, which we've been doing every week, such as uh, why do uh, Chicago thin crust pizzas put the pepperoni under the cheese instead of on top of it? That one made great sense. All the right. pepperoni sometimes shrivels up, and all the grease sits in it. Uh-huh, like it cups. It uh-huh. cups. Uh, why is Chicago thin crust pizza cut in squares? It says, I'm from New York. We have large triangles. Well, that was for on the way home from work when the neighborhoods in Chicago filled the factories and the corner saloons. They put out some pizza cut into little squares. So, uh, you know, well, Grandpa Murphy could have a couple pieces of pizza, have a, two or three beers and a shot, yep. and then walk home and uh, see if the corned beef and cabbage, which next week we'll have who put the overalls in Mrs. Murphy's chowder, because <laughs> uh, uh, we'll be on St. Patrick's Day yes, next week. All right, Fred, Eric, today, uh, it says, uh, back in Chicago in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, every pizza we ordered came with RC Cola. Never Pepsi or Coke. Yeah, you're right. Why was that? And uh, I don't know. RC Cola, it's still big, right? There it is. She's riding a skateboard. She's delivering RC on her skateboard. You sure that wasn't Dolly Parton singing no, someone, no. Else, someone else on the skateboard? That was actually, her name was Kelly Moran, Eric, uh, Aaron, Aaron Moran's. Moran's. Sister, right? Huh. All right. Uh, Where'd you get that accent? Faked it. Sounds like sounds like Nashville. I just came back. I don't know where the Morans were from. Uh, all right. Every pizza used to come with RC Cola. How come? Remember when Old Man Stalls are always about the money? Always about the money. Yeah. So here's the answer. In an effort through the 60s, 70s, and 80s to overcome its number three spot in the cola wars in Chicago, RC started partnerships with many or most of the Chicago pizzerias to distribute uh, RC cola. Uh, the pizzerias would get a reliable and discounted... Old yeah, man Stalls or Old Man Stalls. The pizzerias around Chicago got a reliable source, a discounted price, and an affordable supply of RC quart bottles, which were perfect for deliveries. And RC got more and more exposure, you know, with the Association of Fun uh, Pizza. Uh, Chicago today, still according to the director of the DPS company, that would be Dr. Pepper uh, Strap, Strapple. The DPS company, which owns the RC brand, says Chicago is still our number one market throughout the nation. And here's a quote from uh, Sam Zaccaro in Chicago. Sammy! Schiller Park uh-huh. uh, 1985 was quoted as saying, uh, at our pizzeria, Pazillo's Pizza. He says, we love the RC. It only costs 27 cents a bottle, cheaper than Coke and Pepsi. And I love this part here because RC Cola just goes with pizza better than Coke and Pepsi. I can't explain why. It just does. I can actually taste an RC right now. I remember having RC with uh, pizzas. And like I said, I was we were a Pepsi family. Yeah. But when they gave you a free RC, you took it. Royal Crown Cola, the fresher refresher. Hey there, have one on me. Have another RC. I didn't sing. Let the record show. No, you didn't. They had a Carmen sings. They were the best. Only Carmen can sing. It had that little different back flavor RC than Coke and Pepsi. Yeah, not like a Mr. Pibb. 
Not like a Dr. Pepper. Oh, no, 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 no. That's prunes. You know, that was the prunes was the main ingredient <laughs> of Dr. Pepper. It was. Made you regular. 10, 2, and 4, you used to say right on the can. Yes, it did. That meant if you drank some at 10, 2, and 4, you'd be regular. Well, yeah, prunes might do it to you. Yes, it would. And the competitor, Dr. Pibb by Coke. No, no, Mr. Pibb. He didn't go to college. <laughs> Mr. Pibb. That's right. That's uh, right. But RC. I'm sorry, that's a Mitch Hedberg joke. <laughs> and uh, Max Headroom? No. Sam Zaccaro, Schiller Park, he was right. From the Pozillo's Pizza and Chiller Bakers. I can't explain it. It just went better with the pizza. Don't forget Chicago Fire Soccer open their season tonight. Five o'clock out of Toyota Park. Get on out there. Should be a nice night. Want to thank our guest today, Dan Shanker, ourlads.com, Jesse Rogers on a busman's holiday. Murph and Fred saying thanks for listening. Thanks for calling. And see you later, everybody.